Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, but as always, is Parker and Alex, and we watch Jim Cotta. Oh, shit. Oh, I got one of those. It's already open, R.I.P. Oh, mine's just a seltzer water, dude. Don't worry about it. I love that for you. I think that's fair. So, Jim Cotta, great movie based on a true story. Actually, it's based on a book. Parker, did you read the book? Let's talk yeah. about the news. Parker, what happened in the news? Look, there's been a lot of bad news in the world recently, a lot of deaths. So let me read you a snippet that really brightened my day. <clears throat> As for the other pro- projects Snyder alluded to, his upcoming slate outside of DC includes Army of the Dead, Army of the Dead, Las Vegas, an untitled Army of the Dead prequel, and The Fountainhead. <laughs> it might be <laughs> my favorite sentence I've read before this year. Do you think he had fun at Joel's wedding? <laughs> I also have news. Allow me to read a text that I received two days ago to you. Okay. Dude, what the fuck is Earth 2? <laughs> not funny correct <laughs> it's almost like a thread like oh you like the MCU well, what if we had two universes like oh great the one you have is going real good so far I agree the problem with the DC movies is that they have too many ideas so we need twice as many to just what thin them out we had two different Batman Sick. well apparently okay so I guess I have some news now aren't we getting like a third one because apparently Michael Keaton is coming back for a Batman movie this has led a lot of internet denizens to believe that they're coming out with a Batman Beyond prequel movie so Don't like put that on me. more importantly like which earth is Jared Leto Joker on I th- I don't. I think he's Earth One, right? Is, is this like a? Is this, <laughs> yeah. So like, is Nelson Mandela alive on Earth Two? Like, how does this work? He was actually Jokerified in prison. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was very tragic. Based and apartheid pilled. <laughs> this is All Nelson right. Mandela. His Kiktonic can steal souls. <laughs> Barker, do we have any other news? A lot of people died. It's not great. Oh. Let's not talk okay. about it. <laughs> okay. Let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My jerk of the week is... I hesitate to use the word friend. Uh, a gentleman calling himself Nudo, and uh, he's known on an internet forum that we used to frequent as Bruce Irvin. Uh, and he's a cock. Because I I tweeted out that I was canceling my Netflix subscription. I don't know. I just don't really use it very much. I'm like, I just don't really have uh, much use for it. So I posted that on Twitter, and he responded with, Damn, dude, you really that mad that they canceled The Office? <laughs> you got fucking ether, dude. <laughs> Holy fuck. He absolutely bodied you. 
I have never been burned that bad in my life. It was incredible. <laughs> Did that, from God and everyone. That fucking rules. <laughs> Got absolutely shitted on. <laughs> <laughs> It's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> he never responds to us either. It was such an unnecessary drive-by. <laughs> just fucking owned. It's just like, hey man, you gotta fucking subscribe to Peacock, you piece of shit. <laughs> Hope you die. You only bonus footage, isn't that fun? <laughs> <sighs> so, My uh, yeah. week is myself. Because uh, if you have Letterboxd, you know you'll get your 2020 year in review. And because of this podcast, one of my most viewed directors in all of 2020 was Ron Russell Mulcahy. (laughs) 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 I watched six of his movies last year. (laughs) (laughs) And only some of them were by my own choice. Thank you again for Tale of the Mummy for bumping him up to a tie for third place. <laughs> Forgot about <laughs> Tale of the Mummy. Like the other directors are because I went out of my way to watch their movies. He's just a happy accident that somehow manifested. Yeah, happy is the word there. Yeah. Call. Oh, we'll get the call. Alex? <laughs> Young man. My jerk of the week is Charlie Sheen. Because if only he was willing to do gymnastics in Terminal Velocity, we could have gotten 20 minutes of shitty ninja fights. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charlie Sheen, you know. It's first time being jerk of the week on here. Yeah, well, I don't think he'll ever come back as jerk. Yeah. So, let's talk about what we watched recently. I think I'd like to start off with Suburbicon. Which is a movie that Alex assigned to me. This was written by the Coen brothers and George Clooney and directed by George Clooney. And this comes from a hard place in Alex's heart because he believes very strongly that George Clooney is a very bad director. I've only seen two movies directed by George Clooney. One of them was The Excellent Good Night and Good Luck and the other was Suburbicon. Wait, I thought you were, you really fuck with the Monuments Men. Wait, you directed that? Yep. Eh, that's pretty good. Uh, I think it's stronger with its script than it is with anything else, though. All right, so good director yep. from Chris. Moving on. Eh, <laughs> at this point, it's it's really middle of the road, you know? Uh, Suburbicon is not a good movie. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's awful, but it's it's really just kind of dull, and it's, it's almost kind of insulting because I know how good the Coen brothers are, both as writers and as directors, and if they wrote, I don't know, what, half of this movie, it should be really good. And there are certain parts where you can, like, you can hear the Coen brothers' voices here, but it doesn't sound right, you know? It's, uh, Alex, did you ever see this? No, I haven't. Okay, I wouldn't recommend it. It's, I wouldn't even assign this. <laughs> you don't it's actually say. kind of boring. <laughs> uh, so the basic premise here is that it's one of those 1950s uh, white suburbs, and then a black family moves in. This is subplot b uh subplot a is actually uh about matt damon's a father and he conspires to have his wife killed so he can marry his wife's sister and his son finds out about it and the mob is tied into it and everything now 
you can tell that that's like definitely the Coen brothers. You can tell they're absolutely uh, writing that. And they, apparently they wrote this after Blood Simple and it took forever for it to get made. And I would say it's the most interesting part of the movie, but there's something about George Clooney's direction that just doesn't work. It just doesn't show things the right way. The one part of the movie that I liked was Oscar Isaac, who's in the movie for maybe five minutes. And considering that I've only seen Oscar Isaac in, what, the sequel trilogy and Annihilation, in which he sleepwalks his way through the movie, uh, seeing him in a movie where he can, he can really put in energy, where he's really <coughs> passionate about what he's doing, that dude's great. I love Oscar Isaac. I, I think he's a really good actor, and I'm, I'm happy that I saw him in this. That is the only thing I would say that I liked about it. I think this is a real missed opportunity because I feel that the, the black family moving into a white suburb in the 1950s was a subplot added by George Clooney to talk about, oh, I'll, I'll show America, I'll turn the mirror to show them the society that they really are. Uh, it's based on a true story. It's based, in fact, you can find it on YouTube now. There's a short documentary called, um, was it, Crisis in Levittown, which they actually play clips from throughout the movie. Here's a better use of your time. Watch Crisis in Levittown. That actually happened. That is excellent journalism. And it's very, very interesting to see what American society was like back in the 1950s. And it's the real stuff there. Those are real people speaking their minds and, as far as I know, being honest. Uh, this movie its also supposed to be a dark comedy like so many other Coen Brothers movies. I did not laugh even once. So, um, oh yeah, it also has, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, Chekhov's Peanut Butter and Jelly Sandwich. So... <laughs> If that's the hook that you need, go for it. Sounds good. Yeah, it's it's, it's just kind of... I, I was hoping there would be a little bit more to talk about, uh, but it just didn't do very much for me. The next one I want to talk about is What We Do in the Shadows, which is a movie. It's directed by Taika Waititi, and it stars... Well, Taika Waititi. And, uh, Parker, you say you really like the television show. Have you seen the movie as well? Absolutely. I think the movie is really good. Uh, I, I had a really good time with it. I thought it was very funny. And I think my first takeaway, the really obvious takeaway is, wow, Taika Waititi really carries this movie. Like, he's a writer, he's a director. But it's him as an actor is like, wow, he's easily the best part of all this. But there's a lot of other really great parts. Whoever, whoever idea it was, whosever idea it was to play, uh, to cast Peter as Nosferatu and just have him play it as a demon the entire time with no jokes or anything, that was so perfect. That was so much funnier than I was expecting. Also, the character of Stu, that was great. Um, Sorry. My favorite joke is one I might have to cut. Uh, um, Barker, I, I hope you remember it. So they encounter the werewolf gang. <laughs> um, it's not even a gang, it's just a werewolf group of friends. Uh, so the basic idea is there's a, a group of friends of vampires and a group of friends of werewolves, and they encounter each other after a night of drinking on the streets, and uh, they're sort of uh, trading insults. And uh, one of the werewolves calls uh, one of the vampires Count Fagula, and they admonish him. They say, hey, hey, come on, don't say that. We're, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. That's not the funny part here. He says, yeah, don't, don't say that. He's like, well, what if I'm talking about a bundle of sticks? He's like, go chase this bundle of sticks. And he throws a bundle of sticks, and one of the werewolves actually makes like three steps to go and chase it. 
<laughs> I have to admit that one kind of got me. Um, I think all the actors have done. <laughs> I have to admit I like all the actors. I like uh, what they're doing in this. I like all the effort that everyone's doing. I like the way that everyone plays off each other. But more than anything else, I really appreciate the direction and the way that this was edited because reading about it, this must have been hell to edit. They had, like, so much uh, improvisation that goes into it, uh, all sorts of different jokes, but the way that it's shot, cut, and edited is the, it makes it feel like you can feel a character's personality even when there are scenes without dialogue, and I like that. Uh, I like all the characters, I, I it's, a, it's a good movie, so I would definitely recommend What We Do in the Shadows, and the fact that it's 85 minutes long is only uh, credit to it. I thought you were going to say your favorite joke was the one about enjoying a sandwich better if you knew no one had fucked it before. That was definitely my favorite. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a really good one, too. There are a couple, like... There are a couple jokes that are, like, so stupid. Like, incredibly powerfully stupid that you can't help but laugh. Uh, a good one is, uh... Let me do my dark bidding on the internet. <laughs> what, what are you bidding on now? I'm bidding on a table. I'm a fucking sucker for puns, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the dumbest things I think I'd ever heard. Uh, oh, the other one is he called himself Vlad the Poker because he had a lot of orgies and it was a, a parody of Vlad the Impaler. And then Stu comes by and teaches him how to use Facebook. He's like, so you can add them or you can poke them. And Vlad just gives him a look that says, yes. <laughs> I love that they're all different eras of vampires so much. That is that's actually really helpful too. Um, they and they come from different places, so you can do uh, different things. Um, that one guy saying, "I was doing an erotic dance for my friends. I was in the zone. It was really good." <laughs> I like that. I also like Stupid the vampire bar voice. that no one goes to. <laughs> like it's just the idea of a joke of like, yeah, you have to have a vampire bar because you have to be invited in. The other bouncers won't just invite you in their club, so you have to go to the vampire <laughs> one. I like that. It's it's great because there's like no one in there, and one guy just he as soon as he walks in, starts like dancing to the music. <laughs> this is the most sparsely populated bar I think I'd ever seen in my life. Um, I also look. I can't help it. I know he's designed to be this way, but you gotta love Stu. Just this regular guy uh, when they're like, "What do you do, Stu?" And he just describes being a software engineer. <laughs> that was just his real job. He's just like, "So we take uh, data from a bunch of different companies and we analyze it. We send it back in uh, uh, databases for them to utilize." <laughs> and and the, the, the has a great punchline too. It's like, "This man is a virgin." Stu's <laughs> a fucking legend. Also, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more here before we get into the big one. I uh, I watched The Ghost in the Darkness. Uh, this has Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas. This is a kind of a tough one to talk about. Um, Alex, you assigned this to me because of uh, there's a lion in it. Sure uh, is. Yeah, there's actually there's actually two now it's lions. coming together. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the Ghost in the Darkness is actually the name of two characters in the movie. The ghost is one of the lions, and the darkness is the other lion. Uh, the basic story here is... <laughs> I was like, oh god, where's he going with this? This cast was so white. <laughs> Except for a few of the... Act oh, you didn't see... Uh, you, haven't, you haven't actually watched it, okay. No, I've seen yeah. this. Oh, you have, okay, I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, the basic story is that it's 1898 in... Africa. And uh, Val Kilmer goes over there as an engineer. His job is to 
his job is to build a bridge. And uh, he encounters a guy who says, You have five months to do it. Otherwise, I'll ruin your career. And Val Kilmer is like, Okay, I'll do my best. I want to talk about Val Kilmer in this because this is right off the heels of Batman's Forever and uh, what's, what's that one I hate? Um, the Island of Dr. Moreau. So Val Kilmer at this point wasn't doing so hot in the presses. Uh, and he would, he also, if, if I remember correctly from what I heard about the making of the Island of Dr. Moreau, he was also getting high on his own fame. You know, he, he thought that he was really great. He thought he was God's gift to acting. So after that movie completely bombed and he had a terrible time making it, he gets called over to Africa to make the ghost in the darkness. Now, according to everyone who worked on the movie, he was a saint. Apparently, he worked really hard, and I'd say that it comes through. He gives a really good performance. So, back to the movie. Uh, he has to he has to build a bridge, but uh, oh no, there's a lion, and it's uh, eating some of the workers. Unfortunately, this movie was edited by Michael Douglas, who's also one of the main characters, uh, who decided that he would cut out most of the explanations for things and insert himself into the movie. So you go from three people dead by a lion to 30 people dead by a lion, because we have to introduce Michael Douglas's character, named Remington. Let me uh, back up for a second. <laughs> the Ghost in the Darkness is based on a true story. Uh, people were there, this actually happened. Uh, the also, character of those lions, those lions are 100% stuffed at the Field Museum in Chicago. Correct, yeah, you can actually go <laughs> in have, there. And... I have seen those fucking lions. <laughs> You're like, Val Kilmer fucking owned you. So, uh, <laughs> the character of Michael Douglas is fictional. He never actually existed, but someone, I can only imagine who, uh, one of the producers, by the way, incidentally, Michael Douglas was one of the producers, decided that this movie needed another character. So, uh, he's in here. And he's this big game hunter from America who is also a Confederate soldier who's commanding a black army in this. I wonder what he was doing over there. It's <laughs> weird. The movie the movie tries to make it out like he was a good guy over there. It's like, yeah, he lost all his family and all his brothers. And it was it was a war that America was fighting against itself. Wow. War can be so confusing sometimes. You know what? Not that war. <laughs> I don't yeah, think that one sounds was... pretty cut and dry, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty that black was pretty and easy. Well. So here's a... <laughs> I found the cold open for this podcast. So, uh... <laughs> so one of the, uh, the things that is like, okay, we'll kill that lion, and boom, second lion. So it's basically like bear, but with lions. <laughs> this one's got balls. <laughs> Uh, they never uh, they never tried to shock it with an ox score. They just tried to shoot it with rifles. So, might as well talk about whether I actually liked it, because I haven't revealed that yet. I liked it until it got to the part with the lions, because the lions... The, every scene with the lions is shot really, really poorly. The movie tries to make it clear that the lions are evil, that these are almost supernatural beings, like in Bear... Uh, but these aren't. Apparently this movie, can you get a load of this? This movie was pitched as Lawrence of Arabia meets Jaws. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris, can we, can we talk for like 15 seconds about that dream sequence where Val Kilmer's wife gets eaten by lions? Can we talk for 15 minutes about it? <laughs> what? 
It's one of my favorite <laughs> oh my scenes in okay. any movie ever. Okay, she gets so- off the train and she's like, oh, look, he's our little baby. He's so happy. And then she just gets devoured by lions. We can't, wait, no, we are not, you're not saying it right. Let me set okay. this up. So all first right. of all, she's up in jolly old England and she's going to come down later. And this is just after he's killed only one of the lions. And he travels back there. And you know it's a dream sequence because he hasn't killed the other lion. That's part of his mission. He has to do that. And he's going back there and he sees her get off the train. It is crowded as hell. you got thousands of people there. But he just knows instinctively that the lion is targeting her. This lion does not just devour her. This lion comes out of the frame and hits her like Jeff Heath. Okay? <laughs> this it, I heard the impact. I felt the earth move. Okay? Look at how the lion squares his shoulders. That's just good old-fashioned football. <laughs> just cut to fucking Boomer and TJ yelling about how he got jacked up. It, it, seriously, it felt like... Like the office linebacker Terry Tate got him, you know? <laughs> Just pow! In fact, Peel about mind games. <laughs> and in fact, yeah, it's like the most obvious dream sequence of the world. I saw that and I was laughing so fucking hard. If, it was, if there were more scenes like that, it would almost be a future episode, but... The other parts of it are like a little bit too good. I'm like, well, I kind of like yeah, Val Kilmer. It's too much of a real movie. Yeah, that's and why I assigned it to you and not Parker. Right, yeah. Thank Roger you. Ebert actually said that it's it's just not good enough to be a good bad movie, and I'm like, well, drop that. Uh, I mean, uh, cut that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what else did I watch? Uh, I watched Hercules, 1997, the Disney one. Turns out it's really good. That music is fucking incredible. Uh, you kind don't of a say. <laughs> yeah, it kind of a odd decision from the art department to go with uh, yeah Vegas. You know what brought the this Greeks. on? May I ask? You uh, just well, feeling it? Yeah, you know, I, I I was thinking about it. I was I've been listening to the songs from that movie for a while. It's like, wait, these are really really good. And one of the reasons they go with the uh, the muses as the background singers is because Alan Macon had previously worked on the musical adaptation of Little Shop of Horrors. And he did the same sort of thing there. I was like, I love that soundtrack. Let me revisit Hercules because I remember when I was seven years old, I thought that movie was the shit. So. Looking back, yeah, it's still pretty good. Uh, there are parts that I guess don't really hold up quite as well, but there are some hysterical parts. My, I guess my biggest problem with the movie is that the the music is so hilarious. Some of those lyrics are hysterical, but they're covered up by like stuff that's happening on the screen. There's like, so there, there's one line that I really love in the main song where uh, he where they say, "Now nouveau riche and famous, he could tell you what the Grecian earned," and I think that's funny as hell, but he's battling this gigantic pig that's taking up the entire screen, and people are paying attention to that instead of the great lines. Uh, so, I'm not saying listen to the soundtrack instead of watching the movie, but download the soundtrack. It's pretty good. Um, and last one before the big two here. Uh, the other Alex came over, and she put on Heathers, which I had never seen. And that stars uh, uh, two other people, you know, two young kids, and I'm not committed suicide, something like that. You know, I'm usually not into avant-garde movies, but this is the best avant-garde movie I think I've ever seen in my life. And anyone who says, no, it's just a normal movie, you are high, actually, because the whole movie just seems like a dream sequence. There's literally fog in their cafeteria. It, Heathers I is so watch weird. Heathers, Heathers, Heathers is so weird because it like begins in the second act of Mean Girls. She's just joined their group, and uh, 
you don't really know how or why she joined their group, but she's just there. Uh, we, we have to talk about Christian Slater. So, uh, Parker, I think you may have seen the clip from The Critic where um, uh, they talk about the sequel to A Few Good Men, A Few More Good Men starring Christian Slater, where they're both... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I remember> that. <laughs> That's a really good one. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The truth is you talk like me, you act like me, you haven't got an original bone in your body. Uh, I'll just play the clip. They do a better job. But apparently Christian Slater was literally doing a Jack Nicholson impression in that movie. He wanted, he, after he did the movie, he uh, he sent a letter to Jack Nicholson saying, hey, can you please watch Heathers and, uh, and uh, look at and see how I did? And he never got a response. So my hero of the week is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> what? I never got that because it's like, it's not like you're doing a Jack Nicholson now. Like, he was still in big ass movies. You can't just do another man's style. Yeah, Heather's he came out. Have. Heather's came out. I believe the same year as Batman. During for which he earned uh, what was it ten million dollars? <laughs> so uh, one of the biggest stars on the planet is like, yeah, I can squint too. I'll do that. Sure. Yeah, I'll just talk like this the entire. Mo- I'll greet everyone by saying greetings and salutations. This guy's uh, got a real good energy. I like it. He's confident. This movie is definitely one of the darkest comedies I've ever seen, but the real draw here is Glenn Shaddix. This dude fucking rules. We need more Glenn Shaddix in our lives. Glenn Shaddix, for those of you who don't know, was the fat guy in Beetlejuice, and he's well, he's the fat guy in Heather's too, but he's really, really good in this. This Parker, if you want me to get you to watch it, one of the most well-known lines from Heather's is, I love my dead gay son! So that's where that's from. Yeah. <laughs> so Thank you. Just... <laughs> I've been wondering that for like 15 years. Uh, I always think of that. I'm like, I should just Google it. I'm like, wait. No. So <laughs> I'm not going to Google that. I, I, I guarantee you're going to be watching this movie. You're going to go, what the fuck? <laughs> I've heard very good things about it that would speak oh, it's to good. me specifically. But uh, it's you know how it goes. Uh, sometimes you, this would speak to sometimes you Sometimes you look at what you've been assigned. <laughs> oh, well, and uh, yeah. you watch that instead. It's fine. So you might be kind of split on whether you like it. Hey, segue. <gasps> I watched Split Buddy. by M. Night Shyamalan. Dude, which, what which what I should be personalities are you? So I should be saying is I watched the second hour of Split by M. Night Shyamalan. And uh, Alex, I spy with my little eye something <laughs> that may have upset you. <laughs> Gee, wonder what it was, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, not a lot of film goers are talking about it. However, yeah, that. Uh, the whole molestation, <laughs> the whole molestation subplot is uh, kind of a hard circle to square, isn't it? So, uh, so Alex said uh, you cut out there for a bl- for a brief second. You said you actually like that part. Oh, of course. You know yeah. how I feel about you know just yeah. giving us seven different flashbacks to molestation in order for a callback to be like, uh, the twist of the movie. You have been something. I'm gonna go do bad guy stuff now. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that after it happened. I, I realized, wow, I don't really have any sort of pithy rejoinder to the notion that, but for her molestation, she would have been killed by a psychopath. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that, that is the twist. Thanks, M. Night. Yeah, uh, yeah. So boy, uh, M. Night just seasoning that platter. You're like, yeah, dump that on. Oh no, a little much. That's her little. No. All right. Well, it's in there now. That's in my food now. Yeah, you're just sitting there like, surely she's just gonna like go away with him so she doesn't have to be with her abusive uncle or something anymore and it's like I'm the beast I see the scratch marks on you goodbye 
It's a really good impression there. It's like, all right. I'd be. I don't want to fucking actually this to make myself look worse here i actually like i could give it the one it's like the one flashback man that was a fucking terrible day the fucking flashback later like man it sucks your dad died don't worry you can live with me it's like man i don't need to carry that in this silly ass pulp movie come on yeah and then then, go ahead sorry no no actually alex go ahead i'll i'll marinate my thought like, the fact that the last time we see her in this movie is, like, she's talking to the cops, and she's like, alright, we're gonna take you back home to your uncle now. But don't you right, care about this... Fair. Don't you care about this superhero supervillain subplot set up for the next movie? <laughs> like, alright, go get molested again. We're so, on to the good guy, bad guy stuff. Alex, Thanks, I'm glad I like... Alex, to I'm glad fair, I like watching it. Go. Watching Wait, this Parker, time, Parker, Parker. it really... Oh, sorry, I'll let can you I, Can I please, because this is the perfect segue. Absolutely. Alex, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, because when he said, hey, your uncle is here to see you, I was like, oh my god, is this going to be the Bruce Willis twist? That Bruce Willis ended up being her uncle? <laughs> Man. Because <laughs> if that's Better the movie. case, I don't like Unbreakable anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny, molestation. Parker, go ahead. Well, just watching it this time, I definitely read it. It's like, alright, uh, your uncle's here. And she gives that cop a real long look of like... I'm gonna fucking tell him. And then spoilers in glass, like it's very clear that she's with a different family already. Like that on that day, she decided, like, yeah, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Well, I'm, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we explored that instead of, uh, Mr. Glass, I'm Bruce Willis. Like, yeah, that's that's the message I wanted to take away it's, there. That's actually, weird. Alex, you're you're totally right here because that look by itself does not communicate enough. That's not. You, you like, should. Yeah. You, you should not anything. have to. Yeah. You should not have to watch an extra movie just to get the uh, catharsis that she's with a new family. Nor and will I understand I. it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so here's the thing. I didn't hate Split like you did. I guess I I had a decent enough time with it, but I definitely didn't love it. Um, I I have to admit my main takeaway was, man, I kind of want to rewatch Unbreakable because I thought that was a lot better. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, this is essentially just my sleepaway camp thing. It's like, yeah, I've seen way worse. It's like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but whatever. Yeah, well, I've seen worse from yeah. him this month. <laughs> well, that's I've the thing. all is, of like, his movies in a row. I feel nothing. Well, in it that case, I will also... It wouldn't sorry. hurt me the way it does if it couldn't have been a good movie. If you notice, the, the movies that I really hate the most are all things that are just like, Man, you were so close. Right, And you did this other thing, and it completely ruins the entire fucking thing you're selling. And that splits me. Yeah, actually, you know what that's When they're they're teasing that last personality, I'm like, man, what if he just actually does it? And then he starts eating people. I'm like, oh, man, you did it. You did the thing. So here's my thing. Threw on that little bit of spice you don't need. Parker, you compared this to the sleepaway camp thing. This is also the sleepaway camp thing for me, too, but it's a different kind of sleepaway camp thing in which that scene or those scenes, because there are so fucking many of them, are so bad that I will never rewatch this. I don't ever want to see the scene where her uncle is in the woods in his underwear luring an eight-year-old girl over there. I'm not going to put that on my TV to have a good time. I would rather watch the scene where a young boy points a loaded gun at his father in Unbreakable. Okay? Because at least that movie My did a pretty... is very much the same way of like, you yeah, don't like the vibe of this. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just not going to put that Every single flashback scene, like, it's... even without knowing where it's going, every single one is filmed in such a way it's like, something going on here. I don't like it. So, I, and I guess... And he's like, hey, wake up! And I just remember being at theater thinking, 
man, I do not need this right now. It is fucking... It's exactly. It's like late January. I do not need this. Exactly, yeah. You're looking at the people around you and being like, oh, thanks. I'm yeah. like, Meanwhile, I'm looking at the people around me, all the happy couples on Valentine's Day Holding night. hands. Just going like, <laughs> do the one where you're doing the girl voice again, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. by the you way, they turned that... should have come and said something to me after the movie. By the way, they turned that into a comedy bit in the third movie. So, uh, before we get there, uh, I guess we should talk about James McAvoy, because I do have something to say here. It seems as though there's been a critical consensus that James McAvoy's performance in both Split and Glasses, powerhouse, technical, uh, it's incredible, should have been nominated for multiple Academy Awards because he played multiple characters, haha. Um... In Split, I thought, okay, it's fine, I guess. I, I, I'm I, not saying that it's not technically great, but I really wasn't impressed. I've seen other characters do different voices. Fucking Robin Williams can do it. It's, it's <laughs> not, see, isn't that something yeah. like most voice actors can do? Most, most voice actors have to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, like, no. It just seems like an acting school, like exercise you do of like all right now do it now do this now do this it seems like a fucking warm-up like people like are like I, oh don't you get it his posture was different and like yeah he was bending over then he straightened his back that's not that impressive look considering some of the movies especially that we watch on this show we rarely see actors that can do one good performance in a movie so if a guy's <laughs> doing four roles and they're all like at least pretty good that's like the bar is pretty low. Like I'm, I get I'm it, fine yeah. with the praise. I, I, I'm totally no, no fine I get with it. I'm I'm fine with the praise. It's just it seems like it's a little much. People are like, wow, that was incredible. Is it worth the price of admission? I would say no. I'd say I need a lot more. I love what he does with the camera. The cinematography is fascinating because, uh, Parker, do you have any idea how much money it costs to make Unbreakable? That was so <laughs> expensive. Where Split was really low budget. So he uses a low budget uh, locale and still finds interesting ways to shoot it throughout the entire movie. That is the best part of the movie. I was fascinated by the way that he shot it. Uh, actually, the best part of the movie was the top that Anya Taylor-Joy was wearing. But everything else was really good. Um, but there was something else oh yeah it's so crazy to me that he was like the biggest name in hollywood for like five years and now he's making blumhouse movies that he's self-financing yeah what's which is a shame i still kind of like the guy and i i guess one thing that i'll say about him is i would much rather have a director who cares than someone who just shits out a movie and i do think that m night Shyamalan really does genuinely care about the movies that he makes that goes a long way really does well, uh, I would take a dozen M. Knights and Zack Snyder's and Michael Bay's before, like, a fucking Brett Ratner. Like, Yeah, exactly. If you're just gonna Make dog up, shit, but at least, like, care and have a weird personality about it. Or Robert Klaus. We'll get to that. No, or Eli so, Roth. And then you watch Klaus. Okay, <laughs> hang on. You don't have to Roth do that to me right now. So, I guess we have to get the glass. Um... Hey, uh, Alex, you thought it was really stupid when they used the, uh... Oh, he's doing a girl voice <laughs> thing as a comedy bit, right? Guess how the movie opens. Oh, boy. Because there is no uh, way that is not you played for a I don't laugh. need to go back to the theater. You're right. <laughs> uh, what what else is uh, hideous about this? Do so, you remember how it opened with that dude getting knockout gamed and then Bruce Willis on the game? I forgot about that. That was so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Guy gets Maybe knockout I was like, Okay. <laughs> what are we uh, doing here? Yeah, and then... Um, oh, they bring back that annoying son from the... Uh, from Unbreakable, who grew up His into an annoying... eyes are haunting 
He seriously okay. Remember how the original Halloween was made, where John Carpenter went to an insane asylum and saw a kid with completely black eyes, where he saw evil in them. Yeah, that kid's in movies now. So, <laughs> kid, that grown child is upsetting. Yeah, he's like, where the they mayor fucking find this guy? He's freaking me. I was like, oh, it's, it's just the same kid grown up. Okay, yeah, I guess right. That makes yeah. sense. So, um, here's the thing about Glass. I actually thought it had a really interesting premise. You bring together Mr. Glass, you bring together Bruce Willis, who just doesn't have a name, I guess. And Mr. Unbreakable. Mr. Unbreakable. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. And you also get in uh, our good friend James McAvoy, all, all of his different personalities. Oh, one more thing about Split, I should mention this. The best personality that he had was like the little kid, was it Hedwig or whatever, when he's dancing to Kanye West... That really entertained me. I thought that was really I funny. With it. I I had uh, I've coached a lot of little kids, and that is exactly the way that they dance. So <laughs> he did a really good job there. And uh, now he says that Drake is his main man. So uh, James McAvoy has been canceled. Um, anyway, we get all these three main characters together inside a mental hospital, and or something some equivalent of that. And then we are introduced to easily the worst character in the entire series. This this psychiatrist or something who tries to convince them all that all of the superpowers that they have are in their minds. Now this on its own is not a terrible idea. The way it's executed is terrible, but I'll get to that in a second. If anyone has ever seen, I try not to spoil too much here, The End of Old Boy, or... I don't know, there's a bunch of medical documents uh, that back this up. If you convince yourself that you have an affliction or something like that, you can more or less trick your body into developing that affliction. Hypochondriacs, oh, stuff like that. So, like, when Otto got hit with that tennis ball? Yes! I guess that's <laughs> Super McSuckle 9000, yeah. And I have to admit... I have to admit, the movie actually does a really even-handed way of saying, hey, this sort of is possible. Uh, maybe Mr. Glass, uh, when he broke his bones as a as a teenager or something like that, he was on like a, a, a theme park ride or something, right? And he sees his yeah. mother telling him, no, don't, be careful. And he gets scared and he loses his uh, security stuffed animals and his when his arms smack against the thing i wouldn't be surprised if maybe that factored factored in in some way it's it's a believable thing similarly with bruce willis uh the when he almost drowned he could become invincible chris let it's me like, stop oh, my weakness right is water <laughs> same my weakness is also water yeah. are you <laughs> suggesting that breaking bones is realistic Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Premise ridiculous. <laughs> as for as for uh, the uh, James McAvoy characters, uh, they were a reaction uh, that he developed through DID as a result of his abusive childhood. Now, here's an interesting thing: the James McAvoy characters was was originally supposed to be in Unbreakable, but they had to cut him because the movie was already like two hours long. That is one of the best decisions I have ever heard to cut out an entire character and plot. Thank goodness they did that, because uh, that would have made Unbreakable so much worse. Unbreakable, I'm going to revisit that. I, I should probably buy the Blu-ray, because I really like that the more I watch these other movies by M. Night Shyamalan. So, here's a problem. They spend most of the movie talking about this. Uh, oh, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. You think about him. He's a pretty good actor, right? You've seen him in other good movies? Yeah, Chris, I really like him. Yeah, of course you do. Here's the thing. He spends the, the, the entire first half of the movie catatonic in a wheelchair. 
Thanks, M. Knight. But dude, he's actually not catatonic. He got you. Isn't? Yeah, that's cool. You didn't know that because you didn't see a trailer for this beforehand, right? See, that's another thing that sort of cheapens things for me. So the ending of Unbreakable, not to spoil anything for anyone here, is that Mr. Glass is the bad guy. Uh, he's a villain, and he says it's kind of nice to know your place in the world. And why is he the villain? Because he killed several hundred people in order to find a, a man who was unbreakable. And that is interesting enough as it is. That seems like a terrifying person, a man who's extremely brittle but has a superpowered mind, right? In this one, his main thing is that he loves comic books. That's his superpower. Dude, I could not take, like, eight times, like, ah, this is just a limited edition. Like, motherfucker, I get it. Yeah. I understand his mentality. Yeah, it, but, Parker. Like, the premise is so interesting, and then it's Because, it, like, yeah, like, he probably would convince himself he's a supervillain. He's just a kid with weak-ass bones. Like, he doesn't have any powers. Yeah. He just assumes, like, well, if this terrible thing happened to me... Obviously, I must have, like, a nemesis out there who's the opposite. It's like, no, nah, man, you just, you got bad luck. It sucks, man. Sorry. Yeah, like, it's, hey, it's Kevin, actually kind of Sorry annoying. that your mom beat the shit out of you. Like, it's a rough hand you got dealt. Sorry, my dude. About midway through, you realize, oh, wait, this is starting to kind of suck. And then it doesn't get any better, and then it gets so much worse. Uh, the ending might have one of the worst fight scenes in cinematic history. I, that is so fucking lame. Like, you got we, no budget, and also Bruce Willis, you are. You just got yeah, which uh, Bruce Willis um, giving it his all here, but Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis's all at this point is not very much. This isn't exactly diehard Bruce Willis. So everyone remembers the James McAvoy four-legged run from the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't not good. Doesn't, doesn't work any better on my sixty-inch uh, TV over here. So uh, that was really silly. Um, there is a twist in this movie. And you know what? I like that twist. I think that is a good twist. Uh, and then Bruce Willis gets killed. He sure the fuck does, dude. Tell me how. Say it. This is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. He gets drowned in a puddle. Hell yeah, he does. That's the silliest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen. And then that awful psychiatrist comes by and says, Tell me, did we convince you that you that it was all in your head? And you know what Bruce Willis says? because he's drowning in a puddle but there's no reason for her to go over there what are you a comic book fit oh okay well anyway uh it is revealed that the actual twist of uh this movie after the fact that um the the, the twist that i was talking about that i actually really liked is that um uh mr glass was responsible for the death of kevin's father the the split personality guy because he was on that train that bruce willis was on i think that's interesting and it kind of adds another uh thing here the twist, or one of the three twists, I guess, is that that psychiatrist lady was actually working for a secret organization that uh -huh. is hell-bent on, on suppressing the, the knowledge of the existence of super-powered human beings. God, cool. And then so the it's third... Awesome. The third twist is that Mr. Glass was secretly videotaping them all along, and he uploaded it to his mother, who also gave the uh, the videotape to um, Anya Taylor-Joy and Creepy Kid, and they uploaded it to the internet, so now people it'll go viral, and people know that superheroes exist. Please do not make a fourth one of these. Uh -huh, cool, hey, man. You're the Edward let, Snowden of mutants. All right, whatever. Let me yeah, tell you exactly this. how the end of this movie goes. You look at your phone, see the clip, and go, totally fake, gay, fake. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie's over. 
you're right though that's actually that's actually exactly the way that it goes because it's damn it the same guy made unbreakable how did you fuck this up so bad unbreakable Chris, is a great this movie. isn't a limited edition run this is an origin story for who you figure it out see yeah you know that, go that fuck bu- yourself yeah that bugs me too is um oh wait parker should we tell alex about that one scene i mean i'm not gonna watch it so you're free to Oh, good. Okay, so... You gotta narrow it down, buddy. <laughs> okay, no. Parker, this is the one that we were texting about. Alex, you, you've seen Unbreakable, right? Yes. Okay, so you remember in Unbreakable that M. Night Shyamalan cameoed as... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing this again, huh? <laughs> oh, this is... Uh... You're not gonna believe this. You will not... You're gonna say I'm making this up. I promise you, I would... I promise on everything, on all my Dragon Balls, I'm not making this up. So oh, in, I just got lightheaded. <laughs> in, in Unbreakable, M. Night Shyamalan plays a, a possible drug dealer in the uh, Philadelphia football stadium where Bruce Willis is working as a guard. And remember, he like bumps against him to see, like, oh, he's selling drugs or something like that. And he says, Chris, yeah. I, I, we don't have video, so I can't see if you're doing air quotes around M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I, this one I looked up is actually I'm not Shyamalan, and in fact, it's important to understand that it is because in Glass, uh, M Night Shyamalan is cast. He is now um, Parker was he is a video surveillance guard or something like that. He comes into so. the uh, the security store where Bruce Willis is now working with his fail son, and he says, "Hey, you're that security guard who used to work at that Philadelphia stadium, right?" Yeah. Ah, you know, I used to I used to run with a pretty shady crowd back then, uh, but I got through it. Now I'm my own video surveillance guard. You know, power of positive thinking. Do you like callbacks? <laughs> the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen. It was life. so embarrassing. The whole scene is like three fucking minutes, and it's like the first act. No one cares hey, about that throwaway character. Were, weren't you a didn't you pat me down once nineteen years ago? Yeah, I remember you. I All right, man. I love the idea that M. Night Shyamalan is the Stan Lee of this universe. See, you know what's even worse about it, and you can make all the jokes you want, M. Night Shyamalan looks completely different now. <laughs> He really does. He's got completely different hair, he doesn't have the glasses, and he looks bigger so it's this uh, uh this isn't a sammy sosa situation is it <laughs> <laughs> i'm still saying there's a possibility yes. that justin trudeau infiltrated this movie <laughs> so uh yeah he's a he's in uh glass yeah um i know that you're just refusing to watch it so i couldn't possibly assign it to you but honestly i wonder parker do you think this would make him madder than split No, because Split was, like, so close to being good. Like, Whereas Glass is like, oh, you're half the way, you're like, okay, I'm investing, investing, and then you, your investment goes to shit, so. I was into all of the ideas, and then I watched them play out. Yeah, went, that's... Oh, man. Because, like, so you can lame. fucking go on YouTube and just type in the word motivation and just find a hundred thousand videos of Joe Rogan talking about... And, you know, this should happen, but pretend this is, like, this is, your life's a movie, and this is the beginning, you're gonna turn it around, like... Yeah, every single person, every fucking fail dad who just got dumped by his wife's like, I'm going to turn it around. I'm gonna, this is my fucking origin story. I'm going to turn everything around. I'm going to hit the gym. Like, that's how every shitty white dude thinks is exactly what they're talking about in this movie. 
And then they're like, oh, actually, no, we we know you're superheroes. I'm from a secret society. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it, it sucks, too, because the secret society thing is played out in precisely one scene. And I, I had to look it up afterwards. I was like, what the fuck was that scene? What did she... Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> but there's also the thing of, like, that's so dumb. This whole thing is just the government suppressing anyone thinking they could have, like, any sort of, like, individual ability. Let me just open Twitter. What's that? You don't want $2,000 because you want to hustle harder? Okay, well, maybe there's something to this. Maybe. Now, now, Parker, I'm not saying this is a good idea, but, like, it was right there. Just give Anya Taylor-Joy superpowers. It's right yeah, there. Yeah, I was waiting literally the entire... She's in, like, three scenes. I'm like, okay, well, surely this is her big... Okay. No, she's just sitting at the bus station with Bruce Willis's kid. No, Who, they, by the way, is just standing there going, No! While they just drown his dad in a puddle. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, okay, so I want to talk about it. So all three of these so-called super people uh, get killed, right? Um, wait, didn't they call them metahumans in Batman v Superman? <laughs> they sure did. Something like that. Uh, anyway, I'm happy all, you remember that. Now, all three of them get killed, right? Now, you think about it, Bruce Willis, he's a superhero. The other two are super villains. One of them, I, I guess, uh, super monster is what you'd call uh, James McAvoy's character. But anyway, so they're taken out by the so-called secret society's military force, and also Bruce Willis dies. And I'm thinking, you know what? Two out of three ain't bad. You know, honestly, because uh, these guys the, have done a lot of crimes. One of these of guys murders. is a terrorist who has killed hundreds of people, possibly thousands of people. One of them is a brutal serial killer, and one of them is some old white guy. Like, come on, Who fucking works security in some Philly suburb. Like, that's better odds than you get with real cops. So, so you know. I guess the the retort to this is that Anya Taylor Joy feels a significant amount of affection towards uh, James McAvoy, and it's not Stockholm syndrome, uh, thank goodness. But I think it's the fact that she knows that he is broken like me or something. And if we can only get back to that little seven year old boy in his body, we could cure him of his DID because that's possible. And uh, then he could live a normal life and not eat people. Um, and instead, the secret society just shoots him. I'm sorry, I'm on the secret society side. I think they made the right shot. No, exactly. you don't understand. Got, I can fix him. You got the whole back to nor got him back to Bruce Banner. Now you just fucking dome shot him immediately. Exactly. The guy is a danger to himself and others. That forget it. I'm glad he's dead. He gets eaten multiple people. Like that's a wrap. Sorry. Actually, You're here's done. a here's a better point. What if they were the only three superpower people? <laughs> There's no one else. Just like that was just like some shitty desk job at the CIA for like 50 years. And then they, oh fuck, we found one finally. Now what do we do? Yeah, <laughs> uh, this old guy wearing a poncho just bent a steel bar. My God, <laughs> dust off the uniforms. It's time. I love I love the idea of this movie way more if there's just like a Fox Mulder subplot the entire time. That would be watchable. Yeah. I would too, instead of getting an hour and a half in and going like, what's the budget of this? We've been in this one room for the entire movie. Ah, oh, 20 million. And all of that probably went okay, to the actors. One more, one more good thing before we move on here is, again, I like what he's doing with the camera. I like the color scheme. The color scheme is really good. You know which character is which based on the color that they're associated with. I even like that stupid pink room that they're in because it makes sense. The most of the most so of the movie is sort of red before that when they believe in their own superpowers, and then you go to the pink room where she starts like casting doubts uh, on their own powers, 
And then it sort of becomes like this dull white sort of thing where they they live in this colorless world because they don't have superpowers anymore. I thought that was really smart. It was really subtle. Uh, unfortunately, the movie is what it is. Uh, M. Night, if you're listening, and I know you are, please keep making movies, but don't make any more in this series, all right? You don't even know how to handle your own series. Also, Samuel L. Jackson's purple suit. I mean, come on. It's, My God, it's incredible. It is Ralph it, Northam's Halloween costume for next year. Like, I liked the ideas. I didn't hate it while watching it, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, man, that's kind of fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's. But dumb. also, after watching all of them in a row, it's like squarely in the middle at worst, because goddamn. I, <laughs> man, you are is. a fucking idiot, huh? Nah, I don't know. I mean, at least he's... Curiosity is not necessarily a bad thing. Can it backfire? Oh, God, yes. Look at this podcast. But Oh, so much. I mean, Unbreakable is such a good movie. You want to see how it ends. I, I Man, I might buy that Blu-ray. I really like that movie. Alex, what did what you What a watch? journey I took myself on for no reason. All right, well, it's a good thing there's very little on my list. Just two things I want to get to here. So, like, I've been watching approximately a million old episodes of The Challenge, which I'm not going to talk about. But, uh, like, watching it on demand, you still get the commercials, but it's the on-demand commercials, so you see the same four ads over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Parker, can you explain to me what the fuck WandaVision is supposed to be? I sure can't. I just, like, oh. I keep getting this ad. It's like, okay, there's a robot, and they live in the 50s, and now there's some weird lady here, and now they're doing voices, and then watch on Disney+. Plus. Like, oh... What the fuck I think is it's just this? Her, is that her Rosie brain's robot broken and she's got magic powers? Don't I'm just, I'll watch it and tell you. You know I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I got nothing yeah, else to do. I just like it's. This isn't even like a huh, Marvel so fucking dumb thing. It's like I don't know what they're trying to sell me. I don't know what the fuck this is. I've never seen like a trailer for something where I'm just like, okay, I have no idea what the fuck that is. I have absolutely no fucking clue what this is supposed to be about. Same, but also that's my one selling point. It's like, well, at least I don't know what this is already. When I sit down to watch it, this thing I'm going to inevitably watch. All right, well, yeah, report back. Let us know. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> You've got WandaVision duty. Hey, at least it's once a week. I only have to fit like 45 minutes into my week out of it. <laughs> if it was all dropping at once, that would be a no-go on this guy. I ain't got time for that. This thing everyone will watch over a weekend and never talk about ever again. Nah. All right. So the only other thing that I want to talk about, I had a Nelson Mandela moment this week. I'm sitting on the couch, I'm just scrolling through the stuff that's on demand, I'm like, ooh, Kong Skull Island, I'd love to watch that again. What a good-ass movie. So I put it on, I'm watching, I'm watching, we get to that insane Vietnam sequence, and I'm like, wait a minute, have I never seen this? I feel like I've never seen this movie. <laughs> like, I feel like my if you asked me a week ago, I'd be like, yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah, you know, they go to the, the island and John C. Riley's there and like they do stuff with the monkey and like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> have I really not seen this fucking movie that I thought I saw? I, I have been processing a lot of thoughts this week and I did not need that one. <laughs> I like to think that was the tipping point into your existential crisis. I'm like, wait a second. I saw the monkey. Don't tell me I wasn't there. And then it just all unfolded. I don't, what I, else have I missed out on? I, I don't remember the Vietnam sequence in Mighty Joe Young, but okay. <laughs> like, am I just, like, stapling together parts of, like, Godzilla movies and the Jack Black movie and, like, 
did I just create this horrific amalgamation of King Kong stuff in my head? Like, I... I, I believe know. it. I really love it being we... the Jack Black King Kong movie. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. Like, how... I know yeah, I've sure seen that Yeah, sure you one. did. I, are you sure? Uh, evidently not, man. I don't fucking know. How, how did you like uh, watching... Let me refresh your memory. Uh, they go into the jungle and there's a giant monkey and then he takes the blonde lady and then they go burr, 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 and shoot at him. Did you see that one? So, yeah, yeah, I guess so. so. Al- You're right. <laughs> Alex, Alex, uh, how did you like watching Kong Skull Island for the first time? <laughs> Man, what the fuck is that movie? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> there's a lot there. That's, it's weird because I, I guess that's kind of one of those things where it's like there's so many examples of a great movie in there and a whole lot of examples of, oh, what are we doing? doing it's at least three different movies yeah dude i just know it's like apocalypse now and it's really dark but also john c riley's just farting and swinging a sword around he is john c riley's holding a samurai sword and saying in japanese death before dishonor when faced with a gigantic gorilla and also these bizarre lizard monster creatures come out of the ground what are we and tom felton's there what are we doing (laughs) hey chris you have the reference for this now when that spider thing kills them they literally do the cannibal holocaust shot (laughs) and then just go back to silly comedy oh it's fucking insane like again (laughs) coming at this from the perspective of someone who thought they saw this movie like every conversation (laughs) i've ever had about skull island was like Oh yeah, man, that was weird. But there's like it's like jammed full of people. And the special effects are cool. It's like yeah, it was fun. Like good, like like solid movie. Like I've never heard anybody be like, dude, what the fuck was that? Which is like how Alex, I feel right now. Alex, maybe it was one of your different personalities. Uh, that did of this. course, yeah. Maybe this was, was a narco Joel who saw it. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, subvoters just was... saw this monkey movie. It's kind of lame. Uh, I must have been the other virgin version of me. I was watching Congo. <laughs> Can't wait for Tim Curry to show up. <laughs> when are they going to get the jetpacks? <laughs> We're going to airdrop Kong onto Skull Island. Can you imagine if that's how they got him to New York? They just dropped him on the Empire State Building. Okay, careful, careful. <laughs> oh, Moose. Oh, Moose. <laughs> Oh, there we are. <laughs> right, we got him. Oh, take pictures of him. <laughs> well, you swore that the helicopter's for you. Being cheeky. <laughs> it's not even close to a Tim Curry voice anymore. <laughs> Just imagine you. Oh, what's all this in? <laughs> Tim Curry's fucking genius plan to dress up like Lady Kong to lure him to New York. <laughs> Oh my oh, god! I hope no one Barker. fucks the shit out of me. Let's get on this boat real quick. Barker, he hasn't seen that episode of Tales of the Crypt. Oh god! Oh my god! That's a thousand percent into his future. The episode of Tales from the Crypt where Tim Curry dresses up as Lady King Kong <laughs> to get shaking his ass on a boat. Oh, come get me, boys! <laughs> You want that? I saw this movie. It turns out pretty fucked up. So, for all you listeners who are still tuning in right now, (laughs) you don't want your balls to get saggy, but me undies can kill. Yo, can we just start doing ad reads for the Baldo? 
<laughs> I, can we just message them and just do like, hey, we want free advertising. We'll yeah, just like, like just it. tell us what you want us to say about the Baldo, and we will say S- it. Send us the copy. We will riff. Yeah, just like <laughs> the only compensation we want is a Baldo for each of us, so we can figure out how the fuck it works. <laughs> Abs, dude, look, like you said, think laterally. <laughs> I definitely showed the baldo to my girlfriend. I was like, yeah, so I'm totally getting this. Not for, like, weird sex shit, but just because I want to wear it around the house. And be like, <laughs> And she's like, no, she's you're like, now I have to get you a that. different gift. So, like, I'll just come up behind her when she's on the computer and be like, oh, babe, my balls are so fucking hard right now. <laughs> <sighs> Secret Santa is ruined again. <laughs> anyway, Parker, what did you watch? <laughs> I watched the baldo? That's pretty fucking <laughs> So, am I to understand that he's a zookeeper and his girlfriend is in love with Joe Rogan? <laughs> he's doing this. three separate episodes. Fucking talk talking about zookeeper. I'm gonna realize next week that I've never actually seen it, and we're gonna talk about it again. <laughs> Watch the Mandela zookeeper. Parker, did you like all the celebrity voices? Did you like fucking Sylvester Stallone as a lion? Wait, was this your lion movie or Kevin James movie? You can't double up. Kevin James movie? <laughs> oh, I remember what his lion movie was. Yeah, 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 we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tr- I'll trust me, I'll get there. We're, we're keeping you honest. Parker, what did you think about Adam Sandler's monkey voice? Uh, here's what I want to talk about, which would be Nick Nolte as the gorilla singing <laughs> apple bottom jeans outside of a chili. <laughs> Excuse me, that was a TGI Fridays. Wait, oh my wait, goodness, I'm wait, wait, hold on, Parker, Parker, Steen or Stain? Uh, <laughs> Shut up. Oh man, Steen, right? Oh, wait a second. That explains oh, it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's Tim Curry again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Bernstein Bear! <laughs> Just a, like, a love triangle movie with the Tim Curry as a girl monkey, with King Kong and the Adam Sandler monkey. <laughs> There's my Adam Sandler voice. Yum yum yum. <laughs> like I know you guys have both talked about this, but it's like you know I don't retain things. So when Kim Jong showed up, not as an animal, just as Kim Jong, <laughs> so fucking pissed. Like yeah, I was probably voicing something. Like this came out in the two thousands. I'm sure he's some annoying ass ostrich or some shit. But no. <laughs> He's just there. there. Fuck it is. Why is Joe Rogan in like five scenes? Of <laughs> when he his big old bowling ball head just like appeared in frame, I shrieked at my computer. <laughs> oh, you didn't watch I... this with a little lady? You know, like put on a little family movie? No, this is how I used my free time from being up up all night and having a day off. Like, well, it's four thirty in the morning. Better watch the zookeeper. Hey, how'd you like Donnie Wahlberg? I didn't. Thanks for asking. <laughs> He's the abusive zookeeper. Thank you, Duddits. <laughs> this alien came to Earth to throw apple cores at a gorilla. Leave that monkey alone. He loves me. <laughs> hey, your apple cookie. <laughs> This might be a surprise to you guys, because you've both never seen it, and this is the first time we're talking about it on the podcast, but it fucking sucks. Like, 
I finally fulfilled my Kevin James tax. God bless. Love Square, Tim Curry, Adam Sandler, Nick Nolte, and Kong. <laughs> That's a real lemon party scenario. Oh, mm, dearest choice. I can't even do it as an impression of him. Whatever, it's possible. <sighs> so it's a good you... movie. Uh, <laughs> it's good, good times. Hopefully, twenty twenty one has substantially less Kevin James in it. Well, we're running out, so you're probably in the clear. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, for now. So here's the thing about Sniper. It's actually like a real movie, which I was not expecting. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> I didn't say it was a great movie, but it's like trying. I enjoyed it, but I was expecting... Look, when I saw that one-two punch, I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude, get me in there. And it's like an actual real movie with character arcs and everything. Gross. Make me want to fucking throw up. But Billy Zane trying to play a badass army guy is incredibly funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like 90s Billy Zane. Like, yeah, okay, man, go fuck yourself. Is Billy Zane British no. in, rela- in reality? Because I just feel like I categorize him as a British person. Th- with that name, there's no way he's not British, right? Right, yeah. He has to be. Yeah. But yeah, it was like solid movie. Like a solid like three stars. Like, yeah, it was really good. Which I was expecting just a... I was expecting them just... It's... Them going overseas and really just giving those Vietnamese what for, or insert other country, depending on when this came out. But no, solid. Could have used a lot more murder, I'll be honest with you. Could have really leaned into a hard R, but you take what you can get. Mm-hmm. So Chris, you assigned me a movie that's probably a book or something. <laughs> called Arsenic and Old Lace. I love that movie, I hope you liked it too. It was very enjoyable. Oh. It was not what I was expecting it to be. Cary Grant uh, kills it in that movie. He's really going for it. Also, yeah. the guy who just keeps yelling charge and running upstairs <laughs> is very loud on the headphones. I bet <laughs> Put he it is. that way. It is a lot. Like, oh, that was kind of cute. Oh, he's doing it again. Little eight-year-old and Chris thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I believe it. Can you imagine my childhood, eight years old, I'm watching movies like that? Actually explains a lot. Yeah. To be honest yeah. with you. A lot yeah. of pieces are fitting together on this puzzle board. Yeah. No, it was solid. I was shocked when I turned it on and saw like, what do you mean this isn't 65 minutes? What the, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> dude's got Peter Laurie, man. More the better. <laughs> that dude is a fucking ghoul. God bless him. <laughs> he was born into that role and he embraced it. And you know what? Good for him. Well, Same with the fat or... guy from Richard Jewell. <laughs> <laughs> future episode but let's talk about what the people really want to hear about which is of course when you forced me to go into the blue <laughs> <laughs> which is which a movie that I thought was Blue Crush up until like 30 minutes into watching it <laughs> and then I realized the same person directed both of them he's, he's like the title not on me a... He says the title that says Into the Blue, and his mind just puts Crush in there. <laughs> I mean, they're the same thing. So, yeah, the premise of the movie is just hot people scuba diving for buried treasure. And also cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes a turn, like, halfway in if this drug lord wants his fucking cocaine back, and he's gonna murder all these hot people. And, like, you're getting into it, and you see a shark, you're like, oh, that's cute, I wonder if they're teeing up something for later. 
And then in the middle of this, like, this movie that's basically, hey, it's Paul Walker, Jessica Alba. Aren't they fucking hot? They're like half naked the whole movie. Oh, good. And then someone just gets ripped the fuck apart by a shark. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, graphically gets murdered. <laughs> like, a real deep blue sea caliber just mauling by sharks. There's that, and also, at the end, when they thwart our bad guy, Josh Brolin, and they set the bomb off, he explodes like the fucking Dream and Terminator 2. <laughs> He dies so violently. <laughs> like, in my head, this is Blue Crush, and that's what it looks like it's going to be the entire movie. It's like, oh my god, we're so hot, we're just fucking naked all the time, but you know, I just want a better life for you. And then people get ripped apart by sharks, there's like, <laughs> drug murders. It it takes a weird turn. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> it definitely veers off script heavily. But, uh... Solid. What can I say? Solid movie. <laughs> I watched those in a row, and that was a weird... That was a lot to get through. It sounds like it. It was a lot of whiplash. Let's see. Oh, here's a movie I watched that, Alex, I'm sure you've hovered over about five times and went, Nah. And that would be Ghost Shark 2, Urban Jaws. You're yes. right about one thing. So here's the thing. <laughs> Has a smaller budget than this podcast. <laughs> like, absolute dirt cheap. But also, someone's jacking off, and then we find out he's using a water-based lubricant, so he gets murdered by the ghost shark. <laughs> <laughs> so, thumbs in the middle is what we're going to say. <laughs> may or may not end with the main character having to travel to the ghost shark dimension to find his dead girlfriend. It- don't worry about it. Uh, his girlfriend or the shark's girlfriend? Watch and find out. Both played you. by Tim Curry somehow. <laughs> God, he gets he's so versatile. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> that theater training of his. <laughs> Much like James McAvoy. <laughs> <laughs> he has 23 personalities and they're all gorillas. Chris's Tim Curry impression is just Peter Griffin doing Winston Churchill. <laughs> I know. It's, it's would not you an like easy some impression tea? to do. <laughs> would you I like a trumpet? <laughs> I would because I'm Winston Churchill. Uh, uh, no, if you want to do a Winston Churchill voice, it's like, Eddie, I'd like a crumpet. I hate Indians, I do. So, Ghost Shark 2, Urban Shark. I need, to, I need to get out of the Tim Curry zone quickly. Yeah, quickly. Okay. Let me regroup here. So, I watched Jackass 2.5 and 3.5. Oh, hell yeah. Chris, you should absolutely watch these, because I don't think you watched them in your journey. I haven't watched any of the .5. So, is it only 2.5 and 3.5? Is there a 1.5 here? No, there's not. Okay, so, is so the just gimmick just that Wee Man's in all the stunts? <laughs> I mean, kind of, yes. <laughs> well, no, it's... Alex, that's not fair. Gary Oldman gets in on them, too. <laughs> you know, the first time I got down on my knees, I thought I was a regular-sized person. <laughs> Thinking about Preston, like, walking into a building in a diaper, and then Gary Oldman coming out and said diaper on his knees. <laughs> but these two are interesting, because it's obviously stuff that didn't make the movie. But after each little sketch, they'll like have the person that was mainly involved in it sitting around talking why it didn't work. 
Like there's one that Bam does, which is a uh, anal bead kite, which you can guess what that is. <laughs> and you watch it play out, and you're like, "Eh, it's all right, I guess." And then it cuts to just the front of the Paramount lot, and Bam sitting in a chair, be like, "Yeah, I was pissed drunk on Miller no, High Life, no, and it do, sounded no, really funny." No, no, do the voice. <laughs> Yeah, really sad. And I kind of like the behind the scenes look of like, yeah, we thought this would be really funny. And then it just kind of sucked, so we cut it. Like they did one that I kind of wish they kept in, which was Dizzy Boxing, where they just, it's Danger Aaron and Dave England sitting on office chairs, and they get spun around like 20 times, and they have to stand up and fight. And it's <laughs> real funny. <laughs> Was was three point five the one with uh with Preston Lacey uh jumping off the boat? <laughs> Preston gets a lot of action in these. Yeah, like, I'm not surprised. Speaking of King Kong, <laughs> they have one where he's just painted up like a gorilla and he's standing on top of a porter potty. Oh, and he's got yeah. Wee Man next to him dressed like a little blonde lady and they just fly AC planes into him. Like, there's no payoff. They're just throwing planes. <laughs> so it doesn't really fit in the movie. It's actually but really he funny. reveals at that moment that he's actually terrified of heights. So he's sitting there painted like a gorilla, and his hands are just violently tremoring while they're just flying planes. <laughs> <laughs> also, 2.5 confirms what we all suspected. Is that Danger Aaron is the last person to get suggested something? So if he has to do it, it's because every single other person was like, "Yeah, I'm not fucking doing that." That sucks. <laughs> and Alex, to what we were discussing uh, off mic, being thirty truly makes you evaluate. Like, fuck, am I the Danger Aaron of my group? Around <laughs> to do the shady stuff. <laughs> That's what being thirty is. <laughs> Two point five was all right, but I like three point five more. Because in the interviews, they've been doing these together for years and years now, so there's just a built-in paranoia. Like, they'll be discussing, like, yeah, so we got there on this day, and they'll see a shadow move, and they just stop and look over their shoulder, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so anyways, just constant fear of nut shots or getting pissed on. It's <laughs> They all have PTSD from filming together. <laughs> uh, it has one of my favorite things, because... It's all shit that wasn't good enough for the movie, so you'll see things not work out. So you'll see them try something, it'll fail, and you'll just hear Knoxville cackling from off mic, and it's always funny. <laughs> He's always just standing in the background howling with laughter at these dipshits, hurting themselves for something that had no payoff, didn't look good, and was extremely painful. <laughs> Knoxville has one of the all-time laughs. It's up there with fucking Rich Evans and Stavros. <laughs> Uh, it has a revelation that I enjoy that uh, Dave England would get absolutely just pissed drunk and be a humongous asshole who no one could stand. So the next day he would wake up and just see his name at the top of the stunt list. And it's always <laughs> some shit that just was never going to make the movie and never going to work. It was fucking human base jumping where he gets on horseback and they pick up speed and then he has to pull a parachute. Like... <laughs> That's obviously not going to work. But he was such an asshole, they just made him jump off of a horse like nine times and it never made the movie. <laughs> but it has... One of my favorite bits in all the movies that should have like absolutely stayed in the theatrical cut. So it's human bowling, right? Right. He got everyone... In, they're out in like a field and there's a big mat down. Like Oh, I've mat. seen this one. And e yeah, and everyone's dressed up like bowling pins. 
and they just dump lube all over the mat so it's nice and slippery. So there's a huge ramp and someone will come down and try and knock them down. And then we pan over to the bushes where Johnny Knoxville's hiding. He goes, yeah, that's actually a ruse. Uh, I have this. And then he pilots a helicopter drone with paintball guns attached to it. <laughs> it is one of the most incredibly elaborate things I've ever seen. They all just slip around like assholes and they can't run anywhere. They can't escape. a dozen people just running in place like a fucking Looney Tune getting paintball from the sky. <laughs> fucking Preston Lacey was green by the end of it. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> now, I acquired all these because I was looking on IP tours and I found something. Because I was like, ah, oh, jackass, I haven't seen these. That's all the seasons, all the specials, all the movies, and everything. And included in that is the episode of Cribs with the Jackass team. Oh, fuck. oh isn't that good? Remember you when know I know your about boy it? jumped on immediately. <clears throat> now I will preface this with: there was no Wee Van at this time, so this was <laughs> very clearly early on in their success. Like I think the first movie had just come out. Wait, really? I thought I so sorry, God. Oh, buddies, we start with Stevo. And him and his roommate just live in absolute squalor and filth. They had some of the best John Knoxville lines. <laughs> There's just empty beer cans everywhere. <laughs> and Knoxville is visiting for this, and he just looks visibly disgusted the entire time he's there. He's just... His room is just like a fucking crumpled up mattress on the floor with a blanket that he's clearly had since he was a child. <laughs> like and then he gets Steve and said, yeah, we've had a lot of noise complaints. <laughs> He says, yeah, we gotta let her out. One more noise complaint, we're evicted. And then he jumps on a trampoline and breaks a table. <laughs> I, I think my favorite line of that whole thing is, Steve-O found an extra small condom. Uh, to which Knoxville responds, yeah, that, get, that gets used about as often as this is soap around here. <laughs> Knoxville clearly thinks this is a fucking pigsty hellhole and wants to leave. He doesn't even stay the whole time at one point. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna head out, guys. See you. And just leave. You never see Knoxville's house because it probably looks normal. <laughs> exactly. He probably has a it functioning has shower. The most genius bit of editing I've seen in anything this week. steve showing off his clown college degree because of course he is. And he's casually like, yeah, the Jackass crew got me fired from Barnum and Bailey, but, you know, things are really looking up. And then in one take, the camera pans from the degree down to the stained carpet with just a pile of empty Budweiser cans. <laughs> this is the most tragic thing I've ever seen in my that life. Is, is that the most disgusting room you've ever seen in your life? Because it's, it's up there. So fucking vile. They go, they go to his roommate's room. It's like the guy's a jackass. You think he'd be famous? You you think he would have like a one bed or something? No, no, no. It's like yo, this guy's room is cleaner by comparison. The cat will come in here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, my room. He's like a marine. His room's real nice. You walk in, it's just a fucking mattress on the floor and a litter box. <laughs> you can like, Knox was like, wow, looks great. <laughs> I think Dax was like, yeah, I could really bounce a quarter off that mattress. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bam Margera's, whatever. I've fucking seen Viva La Bam. He's I know what his house looks so, like. It's not yeah. that interesting. Yeah. But Chris Pontius living in his truck. <laughs> oh my god. This is the self-defense weapon. <laughs> it's just a fucking crowbar. <laughs> but the good news was this tour had a follow-up episode post-Wild Boys. 
Rob Boy Pontius had a real sick looking house. So good for him. Yeah, he had a because it was a rough look to end the episode with all this. Just be like, "Yep, uh, here's my truck. Uh, there's a bunch of vomit on the side. Here's so we got really drunk." <laughs> This is my music room. Out of some of these early movies, and like I said, this is my music room. It's like a room with a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Just puts on his party boy speedo and just walks down a trail and just starts. (laughs) My my girlfriend makes me do my music in here. (laughs) (sighs) All in all, absolute recommend. powerful episode it is that whole thing i think it's on youtube if you guys want to check out mtv cribs jackass and you should yes yes so i watched electric boogaloo the untold story of canon films (sighs) y'all it is incredibly good my favorite lore nugget that i picked up was at one point no matter what got submitted it could be any kind of script it had to go into two piles Either for Charles Bronson or Chuck Norris. And then they would go from there. That is an incredible way to run a studio. Here's how you break them, though. What if you cast them both in the same movie? Oh my god. Dude, their egos are so big, it'll never happen. It's incredible, because it's just down, like, narrates the downfall, because they just keep fucking spending money. I learned the most incredible tactic ever, which is... To sh- make these super sick one sheets, go to the Cannes Film Festival and be like, "Hey, check this shit out! Wouldn't this be really cool?" And we'll have Chuck Norris and we'll have all the shit explode, and someone will buy it and be like, "All right, cool, thanks." And they just take that money to go make the actual movie, and then put that movie in theaters, and then use the money that makes to make another movie. Surely that could never ever go wrong. <laughs> Surely that snowball would never hit the bottom. <laughs> so they hit like dire straits, and their answer was like, "You know what?" Let's get sliced alone to make a movie. Yeah. So they paid him just a obscene shitload of money to make over the top the arm wrestling movie. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> what I didn't realize was like they paid him so much that it became one of those deals where like every other actor is like, "Well, I want that much money. He's fu- I'm better than fucking sliced alone. I should be making that." So they're like Hail Mary attempt to get a star, like completely fucked up the entire balance of paying for actors, so good for them. So that didn't work, so like, alright, we'll buy the rights to Superman. Chris, I'll stop you now, I already have them downloaded, don't bother assigning me Superman 4, it's gonna happen. Dude, (laughs) you know what's weird is I've seen Superman 4 and Superman 1, but I haven't seen 2 and 3 yet, so. You're probably fine. Superman 4 blows. (laughs) All these people are talking about, like, if they just, like, not fucked this up, Superman 4 probably would have saved the company, because it's fucking Superman, and Christopher Reeve came back, like, he probably could have made some decent money off that, and they just sliced the budget instead. Like, they wanted to be a Warner Brothers so bad, but all of their shit just looks like Asylum. That's the thing, I wonder so, if, if Superman 4, is that the worst comic book movie of all time? Because it's up there with Catwoman at this point. It's gotta be. I yeah. Mean, I will find out soon enough. I mean, it makes Don't Suicide Squad look like a masterpiece. I had already downloaded it, and then I watched this, and then I tripled down that I absolutely have to watch it. Also, <laughs> I should really watch Masters of the Universe. That looks like a fucking nightmare. Wait, is that the, is that the He-Man movie? It sure Dude, is. Dude, that is a borderline future episode. <laughs> yeah. Those three in a row basically just completely tanked the company forever. But it's like an hour 40. It's really interesting, because... I think we've talked a lot recently on this show about how powerful canon was in its prime. And then just watching it fall apart so spectacularly is 
It's a little depressing. Like, all you had to do was be Blumhouse. Yeah. But they fucked it up. One last lore nugget that's incredible that I learned was that Jean-Claude Van Damme would just wait outside. And then one of the owners would walk out. And he just fucking ran up to the owner and did a super sick spin kick, like an inch from his face. And then got hired the next day. (laughs) Like... That company should still be around. Yes. That's such incredible shit. To be like, oh my god, that kick was so good. You hired! <laughs> they don't make movies like that anymore. The last thing, Christopher, my good friend. <clears throat> you want to talk about The Dark Knight Rises with me, buddy? Uh, well, it's been it's been a few years since I saw it three times in theaters. So, uh, what did you think about it? Okay, so here's the thing. Like I said, I've been super tired, so like, I want to get that out there immediately, that I've tried to adjust from working overnights for almost two months to right back to normal has been a journey. So I put this on. I'm I'm not bored, but like, okay, it's still like the first act we're getting there. We're building shit up. And I pause it. And I'm not mad. I don't yell. I just look and see two hours, 45 minutes, and just instinctively go, well, that can't be right. <laughs> this HBO Max is relatively new. There's no way this movie is almost three hours long. Like, I would have remembered that, surely. There's yeah. no... It's almost three hours long, man. That's... That's a lot to ask for. <clears throat> and... I don't like where this movie starts, like, at all. I understand that Heath Ledger died and fucked up literally all of his plans, and he probably didn't want to make this. But this is like, what, like... Four or five years after Dark Knight? That's really soon after. Just to be like, alright, step in the future. Batman's retired. Bruce Wayne's old and fucking broken and dying and the city's different. It's like, whoa, what? Like, we just... We were just here with all of you. It's the same actors, same director and writers. Like, it's all the same crew. It's just, It doesn't fit right with me. I don't know why. It's not what I wanted at that time. And, uh... Boy, it's just... There's so many... With movies like this, you're like, okay, I'll give you this thing, I'll give you this thing. But there's so many gimmies of like, oh yes, now that the Dent Act is here, all crime is illegal, I guess. So now people are actually in jail, and there's this magic device that wipes your permanent record, but of crime. And also, all the cops are in the sewer. Like, you get one or two of those. But it's just so much tacked on one after another after another. What did you think about the ending? Because I guess the ending was my favorite part. Uh, I've liked it more now. Oh, I forgot to preface this with the one and only time I've seen it. I was in full contrarian arms crossed, ready to hate it no matter what it was. So, like, I'm completely discounting that experience. Right, I wanted yeah. to actually watch it as a movie and not just, huh, I knew this guy was a fucking hack even though I liked his other movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's fair. I'm, I'm glad you went into it uh, somewhat tabula rasa, but um, it, it sounds like you still have, uh, that you still notice noticeable flaws there. And uh, I wonder, when I revisit it, uh, what my take will be. Because I remember when I saw it, I loved it. I just adored it. And uh, now I'm wondering, like, maybe I was really out there on it. I don't know why... I don't even remember exactly what I liked about it, besides the fact that it was a sequel to a really good movie. I mean, that definitely helps. Yeah. It just feels like there's twists at the end that don't matter. Like, all of the reveals in this movie are like, okay oh it actually wasn't Bane that escaped it was her like okay <laughs> she's in like three scenes and then she gets in a car and then dies like, who gives a shit I guess I like the Robin reveal a lot and I think I was really hoping for a Robin movie and I never got one 
Okay, well, we differ on that one. Yeah, okay, she goes, oh, why didn't you just say your real name? Robin. You put my head through a fucking wall, You know, I, I, I think I, I like that because uh, compare him to the Robin that was in Batman Forever and Batman uh, Batman and Robin. We get a better one than Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> no, it, it's like, bitch, I've been sitting here for two hours and 40 minutes. Don't patronize me. How dare you? Ah, <laughs> oh, you should have said your name's Robin. I like your real name better. Robin, you guys get it? Hey, hey, little piggy, you get it? Yeah, I fucking got it. Thanks, movie. Like, I didn't hate this. Don't get me wrong. I think I rated, like, three and a half stars. Like, I still enjoyed it. It's still a good movie. But it's, it's a pretty big drop-off. No, I understand I, that. Uh, <laughs> like, it's real weird watching, like, a lot of the movies, like... We have to do something to protect all these cops and also all these rich people who are being terrorized. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever you say, dude. And one thing I really don't like, Skip, you know I'm passionate about the Burton Batmans in the animated series and how Gotham looks in general. I really don't like this. Like, hey, it's, it's just New York. We're just hanging out at the New York Stock Exchange. Actually, that's just a pretty good point, yeah. Doing New York stuff. It just lost all personality when, like, Gotham is, like, almost a character in this movie. Like, the whole city as a whole is a huge part of it. And it's just, it's just New York. And also Heinz Field. Whatever. <laughs> I eat shit, Big Ben, though. <laughs> uh, I feel like if this movie came out, like, ten years after whatever the third installment was, I would like it a lot more. It's just, it feels like it wasn't ready to make that leap to like everyone's old and broken down now and everyone's moved on but he has to come back it's just I don't know why like it doesn't matter like this movie came out years ago I should be able to make that jump anyways in my head it just Dark Knight ends the way it does and then it's just a jump cut to like oh man I wonder what they're gonna do like Batman's on the run they're hunting him it's just so Bruce Wayne's just kind of Howard Hughes now a bunch of stuff happened don't worry about it it's like oh that's the stuff I wanted though Oopsies. You should rewatch it soon. Oh, I know you okay, want to watch a bunch of stuff beforehand. Yeah, there's like the Batman series <clears> I want to get to. Apparently, Batman TAS now on HBO Max, which I don't have. But I have the Blu ray of Batman TAS, so. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I hope there's like commentary and special features and everything. I really like that show. So. It is quite good. Let's talk about Jim Cotta. <laughs> So, uh, you guys might be wondering how I came across this. I no, I'm not. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I same thing it always is. It's MST3K, buddy. We know you. What? What? No, it isn't. This was not an... This is an MST3K episode? That's what Wikipedia told me. Oh, maybe on the new season. I don't know if I watched that one. But, um... I, I actually saw the, uh... I saw a trailer for this. I actually tried to avoid MST3K movies, because I already did it once. All right. Be a yeah, that that, that was like kind of my thought process when I read that. I was like, "Wow, he normally doesn't do this." But yeah, I, I, I guess I guess never mind then. This must this must have been a new season or something like that. I'm wow, I'm a little embarrassed. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I, I saw a trailer for this at the Alamo, and I thought, "Well, that's just silly. That can't be real." And I looked it up, and it was real. I'm like, "Okay, I write that down, save it for the podcast." So uh, finally, a ninja movie that we can all talk about. There are technically ninjas in this movie. Technically, um, buddy, there's like 40 minutes of ninjas in this movie. 
Well, I, I say technically because they don't do a whole lot of ninja stuff. There's not a lot of ninja throwing stars, which I kind of, you know, You're expect me. this sort of thing. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> what is it? I guess it begins with an obstacle ropes course or something like that, and then some guy gets killed by ninjas. So this is intercut with uh, a guy doing gymnastics that would put John Stamos to shame. <laughs> I'm glad that you were also <laughs> thinking of that during this entire movie. <laughs> How could I not? That was our only <laughs> other gymnastics movie. Like, what I really learned from watching this movie is that gymnastics are just not interesting in the slightest. Yeah, oh, so that man, he did it... another backflip. Cool. It's 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 important that like we mentioned this because remember when like Simone Biles and and Shawn Michaels and all the other like gymnastics Shawn people. <laughs> I was I was hoping that Parker would be the one who reacted to that. <laughs> I paused and was like, well, surely he means someone else. <laughs> no, I, 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 I got you, dude. I know what the Damn, surely is. this is some fucking 50s movie star I don't remember. <laughs> I was hoping that that would get you. All right. Well, anyway, you know Simone Biles and uh, Lexi Bell and all those other gymnastics. Like they, That was like a thing for a while. People were like, wow, they're American heroes. They're the greatest athletes on earth. I was like, fucking put them against Haloti Nada. All right, let's fucking see what they can do. Put them in the I'm trenches. Gonna see square their hips and get... <laughs> you put them in the trenches where the real athletes are. Okay. <laughs> now, anyway, so this guy, someone who we don't know—I don't even know if he has a name in the movie—gets killed by ninjas in an obstacle course, which is really the way that I'd like to go out. Uh, meanwhile, apparently, his son is doing gymnastics in the blackness of space. And I guess he wins. And uh, so the CIA comes up to him. This is all really fast, by the way. This might be the briefest first act in history. <laughs> CIA comes up to him and says, wow, you're pretty good at gymnastics. How about a real challenge? And, uh, <laughs> I, I love, like, you know, we, we've we made many jokes about the, uh, the dedication at the end of Rambo 3 and just how fucked up, like, all the geopolitics of the 80s were. But for the entire movie's plot to just be, yeah, well, you see, we need more forward missile bases for the Star Wars program, so you have to go invade this foreign country. You know, it's second movie, cool. second movie in a world where we mentioned Star Wars, the space program, and not the movies. So let's fucking keep it that way. And second second movie think, uh, in a world where we mentioned wishes. You think Ronald Reagan thought he came up with that name? Absolutely. Of course. A hundred percent. Well, Nancy, it just came to me. All of a sudden. Oh my god. He's with us from beyond the grave. <laughs> I think Ronald Reagan probably had the same experience with King Kong that I did. <laughs> Here's an idea for a movie. A gigantic monkey. No enhanced abilities. No physical mutations. <laughs> no nothing. Uh, Mr. President, that movie came out in 1933. Well, that's impossible. I was 50 years old back then. I would have seen it. <laughs> he loves that cartoon where Dexter leaves live and Tim Curry turns into a supermarket <laughs> and fights Rasslor. Imagine fucking Ronald Reagan watching a movie where Tim Curry dresses up as a monkey in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, get my astrologer. I need to explain this. My name is Moko Ono. 
If you guys get that joke, please email butts at terribleblog.net. <laughs> so back to Jim Cotta. <laughs> get me my phone. I need to call Nelson Mandela. <laughs> so back to the movie. So the CIA operative, I'm just saying, say maybe FBI, who cares, talks to this young Olympic athlete whose name escapes me and uh, says, we're going to put you through training that will make your Olympic training look like finger painting. That might be the most insulting thing I've ever heard to an <laughs> Olympic athlete. <laughs> I love the premise of this movie, which is, look, so obviously we need all these satellites so we can spy on these fucking foreigners, right? Okay, so there's a country called Parmistan. That's <laughs> real. As I call it, not just, an, <laughs> not just an NYC Guido voice tweet. <laughs> we have to go to the country of Pursuit. <laughs> And over there, they have a fucking Mortal Kombat tournament where you do a bunch of rope work and then running and then some rope work. And also, there's a village of damned souls. I don't know. And then you run some more. And then you get a wish. So the king of this fake Italian country is just fucking Shenron. He's like, yeah, sure. Here's some satellites. Go fuck yourself. Did Shenron so great wishes? In there. Dude, this is like so many oh, different PlayStation <laughs> villains. This is Heihachi Mishima. This is Calypso. My bingo sheet is just full of little dice now. <laughs> it really is. Like, you have to go through all this to get through this triathlon course. So, of course, we found a gymnast who we're going to teach to throw an axe or something. Oh, we'll talk about the training montage in a second. But first... There's your first act in... Five and a half. But first, the CIA operative says, "There's someone I want you to meet," and he just introduces him to a princess. <laughs> hey, Chris. Uh, so you've watched a lot of movies for this list, right? How many points did you feel like you were watching an Italian horror movie where everyone's just dubbed over and nothing makes sense? Well, that's honestly, this could have used more and better dubbing. Uh, actually, you know, part told me this is a Lucio Fulci movie from the seventies. I'd be like, yeah, it checks out. I don't get the but gymnastic for stuff. Or whatever. The sheer amount of mullets in this movie, which uh, <laughs> really kicks it into overdrive. Yeah, speaking of, this is the point of the movie. I wish I wrote down in my notes. Oh, this is just Highlander without Queen. Which. <laughs> Better movie. You asked for it. Be better you movie. got it. <laughs> I did. You know, fair swords. Pure swords. Pure swords. Uh, but uh, you know, Parker. I guess maybe now's the time to mention the director of this acclaimed picture uh, is one Robert Klaus. Uh, now you texted me that I'm like, okay, well, obviously he ate a weed brownie, and he's confusing this with a different Robert Klaus, third what? brother of Santa and up. Fred. Alright, I guess we don't have to talk about this. God. <laughs> Me, right? <laughs> but, uh, Delete that. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that. No, Robert Klaus, if anyone here is listening... Who is? Uh, if you're listening, Robert Klaus is the director of Enter the Dragon. You know, the best kung fu movie of all time. And also Game of Death, where Bruce Lee died. And now, Jim Cotta. And he didn't get any work after Jim Cotta for seven years. So you wonder, how do you go from making Bruce Lee movies to this? Well, I think there's two things involved, and they both involve Bruce Lee. One, you go from Bruce Lee, international star, to... I don't even know the guy's name uh, who's in this. Oh, he's an Olympian. Yeah, I don't don't care. Uh, But the other thing is that if you actually watch Enter the Dragon and you know anything about the way that it is made, Robert Klaus did not direct that picture. That movie was written and effectively directed by Bruce Lee. He's the one who ought to get all the credit for it, but they didn't want to give it to an Asian actor, so they gave it to a white guy. That's 
eh, fine, sure, go ahead and do it. But uh, I would give a lot more credit to Game of Death, and even in its uncompleted format, to uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, as for this, yeah, sure, give him the reins. I'm sure that this guy, whose name escapes everyone who watched it, has the same star power as Bruce Lee. They're probably the same height. So uh, now we get the training montage, which usually in 80s movies is usually in the second act, right? But no, we'll do it in the first act. Who wants character development? Not I, certainly. <laughs> now, let's talk about the training. We just rush right through it. The, 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 the training is extremely important. For example, walking on your hands up the stairs. It's impressive. <laughs> they train him for literally everything except climbing a rope. Which is an interesting choice on their part. Oh yeah, also Kung Fu fighting a black guy in a sweat in a sweatshirt. Uh, that's um, he does that later on. Also, yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes. So when he's introduced to the princess, she immediately takes out a rope and starts choking him. So <laughs> Robert Klaus, ah, yeah, one of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, this guy's down bad. Damn, <laughs> a couple of the, I've seen a, that sort of scene in a lot of movies on the list. So, <laughs> do you think they wrote well. this for David Carradine, but he couldn't handle the gymnastics? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was like seventy by the time. Anyway, uh, what are what are some of the other ones? Okay, let's talk about the the Asian dude who's like training him. Right, he takes out a pair of sickles and starts whipping them around like they're nunchucks. It just starts smacking one of the sickles against his crotch. How does that help? <laughs> Same. Uh, this thing touched my dick. If you get hit by it, you're gay. <laughs> I'm going to eternally think about, like, all right, we need the train need to take place in this Mortal Kombat tournament. And then just the jump cut to an Asia guy with a bird on his shoulder. <laughs> Which, by the way, those are Chekhov sickles something. because a sickle comes back later in the movie in a big way. <laughs> anyway, um, he goes downstairs after a long day of training. And he sees a princess there. Oh, I really like her. She's very beautiful. Good morning, princess. She doesn't say anything because the dubber hasn't got into the office yet. They haven't gotten to the studio. And he decides, oh, I know what will cheer her up. I'll do a, I'll do a misty flip. <laughs> face away from her and have a whole conversation with myself like I'm doing hand puppets. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Parker. I really like all your takes on movies. Thank you, Parker. I like you too, as a friend only. Oh, hey. So anyway, I was uh, really yeah, expecting him to spin around one of these times, and it's just Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about bringing Christina back for this, but you know she's a little busy. <laughs> Someone pointed this out, and then I could not stop thinking about it. You just never ever see his feet because the ground is all fucking trampolines and shit, so they have to cut around <laughs> it. And now I can't. Like the entire final battle is like, oh, let's fight here. I'm sure a bunch of leaves carefully scattered <laughs> on the ground for this big brawl. <laughs> like, this movie... It's like, alright, uh, we have this guy who's like an insanely good athlete in the gymnast. Alright, uh, what should we build around him? Oh, he just does gymnastics a couple times. <laughs> alright, well, are you at least gonna, like, film in a cool way? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So here's... <laughs> look like shit. Oh, you, you said an interesting way. Do you mean slow motion? We'll get to that. So... <laughs> Anyway, how long is the movie? Uh, forty-five minutes. I've got it. <laughs> so, but so Mr. Princess... Snyder, we can't do this again. Hallelujah! <laughs> oh, you'll do it again. This time will be four hours long. It sure will. Chris. So, 
Not funny. So, anyway, at one point, one of his trainers says, Oh, you know, the princess will come around. Interesting background. Her mother was Indonesian. <laughs> I fucking died <laughs> at the three-second pause and then off to the next they, Literally, they, I think they just go to Carabal. They, they, they just go to the country of... Or the... the, the the principality of Parmistan. Uh, you can only say that in the Stavros voice is the problem. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Go to fucking Parmistan, boys. <laughs> I, I can't get over the fact that, yeah, her mother was Indonesian. <laughs> they just, oh, like, that line fits in what we do in the shadow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> delivery. It's just, I'm like, what, where's the joke there? If we were watching it, we all would have tripped over ourselves to make a joke from uh, the accountant. <laughs> do you think she's the one who trains but you can't even it's too often nothing there it's just like she's indonesian okay what does that mean does that come on give me something to work with here but yeah just thinking about michael kane hating the dutch right now <laughs> <laughs> so uh they just go to parmistan they're just on a boat and they just go over there and uh they're they're in the streets right and the princess and our hero, are looking around and being like, oh, that's nice. You can buy souvenirs at the street market. And one, I think a woman, like, dumps water on our hero. <laughs> Jesus. Excuse me. And uh, he's like, oh, no, now I'm all wet. <laughs> and then his little guy, is, is the guy like the CIA guy? The guy's like the CIA guy, right? He's Dude, like, I don't know just, who any of these people are that are surrounding him throughout the movie. It They're is really tough to keep track of. interchangeably white. Like, I don't know how so else to describe Every them. scene, they introduce a new character that he has a previous relationship with that we don't know, and then they never come back. <laughs> so no, here's the thing. The guy says, oh, it's nothing. Just a little anti-American sentiment. Bam! Arrow right to the torso. <laughs> Dude, there are so many arrow kills in this movie, and all that I can was... think the entire time, Parker, is that fucking hard. Bigfoot movie where all the Bigfoots pop up with bows and arrows at the end. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> the fucking rules. <laughs> oh, we finally killed him. It's like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rules. This guy, he get he just gets killed right in the liver, and uh, he it's from an arrow off screen. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. This movie has like five off screen arrow kills, and then like four or five ragdolls getting thrown off. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's we will real get, good stuff. We will get to that. So the pro- a lot of Gene Simmons in this. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's like actually exactly what I thought. Uh, so the protagonist, we got to talk about how fucking small this guy is. He's so short. He comes up to like every single like antagonist naval. It's like he's a JRPG hero. He's like the little twelve year old boy who's going to defeat God. If you, th- it doesn't help that since he's a gymnast, he's like five foot four with a bowl cut. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. If, uh... If you think these gymnastics look impression look impressive, just think about the fact that Gary Oldman had to stand on his knees to do all of them. <laughs> Holy shit, I will spit out my beer. You gotta be careful. Okay. So he's being chased down by naughty men and he goes into a back alley. There's just a pole between like the, the two like walls for no reason. There is no reason for that pole to be there, and he just starts doing, like, he just starts swinging on it like a monkey, and he kicks people, and people see him swinging like a gyroscope, like, oh, let's try to attack him. Oh, jeez, his heel collided with my jaw. 
Alright, make sure you slow it down so it looks as shitty as possible. <laughs> this movie does a rare thing where it goes in slow motion and then the stunt's over. And then they just keep it in slow motion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really does wonders yeah. to it when you see them like slowly walk into the foot and then recoil backwards. Now, if you think, if you think my editing is bad, they just start whitewater rafting after this. <laughs> like literally the way they film all these shots like our fast is gonna get up there and do it they cut around it so badly <laughs> like all right just kind of swing that way and that guy will slowly run into your foot we're gonna slow it down anyways so i could jump on a trampoline goddamn so the whitewater rafting scene they're going through and all i can hear is banjo music uh, I don't know how they escaped. I guess they're just there now. Uh, my next note is, he beats up a horde of ninjas while wearing blue jeans. Sure does. I think this That's is when he arrived movie. at Fight Island. Yeah, the reveal of like, okay, now he's at the island. I'm like, wait, Where what? the fuck were we before? Where were we? <laughs> so Who were these ninjas? This is something, Alex, uh, you, you talked about earlier, is that the basic idea here is that he's going to enter a tournament, which is a cross between Mortal Kombat and MXC, uh, to get the ruler of Parmistan to grant him a wish to set up a satellite for... The Star Wars program. Dude, and he can do this because he's a gymnast. This is like a fucking Mad Libs for a movie. This is like, we find out at some point around here in this movie that nobody, like no foreigner has won this contest in 900 years. And they want to do all this so he can wish for missiles. Like, how is this your wish? <laughs> what the fuck? It'd be one thing if he was like from some third world country. It's like, hey, it's America. I bet we can find the missiles. <laughs> I bet we do it, you guys. Can you imagine, like, what if he didn't want missiles? What if he was just like, you know what, you know, the Cold War is not good. I wish for all the Irish people to go back where they came from. <laughs> Don't you wish I had a bunch of missiles in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> like, between the fucking triathlon and all the wishes, I feel like this back-to-back of Wonder Woman and Jim Cotta has done a lot of psychic damage to me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They're the same movie, and I know which one isn't. So we got to talk about the ruler here. He's got a hair and mustache combination that, I mean, that's a criminal offense in some counties, right? I, I literally wrote down white guy Lopan. <laughs> you know, Alex. You know, if you ever feel insecure about your hair situation, just consider it could be worse. You could be this guy. This guy looks like an extra in the Three Musketeers. Oh my God, he does. He really, he really does. He's got less like screen time. He's got less screen time than James Corden. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. I can't believe Alex wax. split off into another personality. <laughs> No, we have to record with white guy Lopan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She's white guy Lopan. Oh, hello, Mr. Burton. Uh, this week I watched the challenge. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. <laughs> Good to see you, dude. <laughs> One of Alex's many personalities. <laughs> uh, Good news. White guy Lopan doesn't know about the game of games. We <laughs> bounce out of here early. <laughs> oh, what are these peculiar dice? Shit! <laughs> no, 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 don't touch that. No. <laughs> That's a trigger that brings him back. Oh, man. Instead of saying Kevin Wendell Crumb. Hey, guys, that was really weird. I was watching King Kong, and now I'm in the middle of recording this podcast. What happened? <laughs> That's his Yami Yugi. It's on the puzzle. Just turns to white guy little bit. 
my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Believe in the heart of those cards. <laughs> you never saw this coming. <laughs> it's a blackface movie. I did see it coming. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so the audio mixing in this movie is uh, not quite very good. Um, you, you notice that the music is a lot louder than the characters' voices, so our hero asks, hey, how did that happen? And a character explains it, but I have no idea what he said because the music's so fucking loud. I made a conscious choice to give up on trying to figure out who these people were and what was happening at any given time. So, an important thing to, I, to understand is that if this is the ruler of Parmistan, then the princess of Parmistan is his daughter. So I guess he married an Indonesian actress, or an Indonesian uh, wife, right? Wow, that really is interesting. So And he gets his sushi from 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, too good. So, <laughs> Parmistan ruler Dan Nyan. <laughs> So here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. Uh, the CIA and this Olympic guy who he doesn't even have a name has they have access to the princess. I mean, Daddy will listen to whatever his little girl wants, right? Just ask her and be like, "Hey, we would really appreciate it if you could set up Star Wars in your country." But just in case. We're going to send this guy to die. It's Legends of the Hidden Temple, except the temple guards can and will kill you. Great. So this really... You have the ultimate bargaining chip. You're like, yeah, but just in case, we're going to train this guy. So, uh, Parker, do you remember the last time that you saw Enter the Dragon? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think remember, it was. it's like a really good movie. And you remember the scene where they arrive on, there's another way to describe this, Fight Island. And they have that, like, feast, that banquet. And there's, like, sumo wrestlers. And there's a bird in a cage and these beautiful women and everything. And it's just, like, uh, an ode to hedonism here before people fight each other to the death. And over here, their, their little, uh, banquet scene involves the husband-to-be of the princess who just pulls out his uh, mutant ninja turtles, like, what are they called? The Psy, those two little, like, uh, knife things? Yeah. What, uh, which which uh, which ninja turtles? Was that Mussolini, or...? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch the show. So, uh, anyway, he pulls those out and starts flipping them around like the sickles at the beginning of the movie. And then he throws them into a wall and goes up to our midget protagonist and says, You will never marry the princess. And uh, our protagonist says, Well, if I try really hard and believe in myself, maybe I can pull it off. God damn. <laughs> You've been waiting all fucking night. <laughs> This is a pretty good reaction time. There wasn't a pause or anything. I, I thank you. It didn't get a laugh you out of Alex. He's just kind of annoyed now. But <laughs> I couldn't remember which Chipmunks movie you haven't watched. That's that's not the Chipmunk voice. It's a different one. So oh, uh, excuse me. You are the expert. Yeah, I no. There, there is you. there. Believe it or not, there is a discernible difference between Chipmunk voice and baby voice. Chris cut all this, so uh, yeah. Apparently, so anyways, our fighter gets chipwrecked on Parmesan. <laughs> it's really important to, to note that like this entire scene is just like a ten minute detour to some Game of Thrones ass banquet. Right. Like, yeah. like all of a sudden we're it's no longer in modern times, and there's like. There's like a feast, and there's like weird dancers, and there's like all these fucking goons drinking meat or whatever. Like, 
I have no idea what's fucking happening in this movie. Uh, so here's the thing. And then we find out, like, yeah, there's gonna be, uh, we're gonna take over. We're gonna kill the king and take over. You're like, that's cool. I don't fucking care about any of this. I don't know these people. Exactly. Because this movie doesn't really have a first act, there's no room for character development. Uh, like, describe the protagonist of this movie without saying gymnastics. You can't do it. So there's... If you can't do that, there is no character here. You can't describe the princess. You can't describe the, the ruler of Parmistan. You can't describe the, the CIA guy who got killed by an arrow. You can't even describe Which this one? romantic rival. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the romantic rival guy, they're sleeping, and he sneaks her out of her room so they can do secret spy stuff or whatever. And this is where I realized just how bad the acting is here. Like, Parker, I don't usually pick up on this, but you brought this back with was it one or two episodes ago where he mentioned uh, I think it was Cape Fear, the kiss of the year. Oh my god. The way they kiss, I usually, I don't like look at movie kisses and think, oh, that's so fake. But like this one, it was like, they kiss each other like it's a middle school play. The whole thing feels like, we're doing a play. Happy Thanksgiving. Helga had to work up the courage to lay one on him. <laughs> exactly. It was like, is this going to be a big deal? Stab yourself with a rubber knife and everything? Like, you can tell there is absolutely no chemistry between the actors or anything, and everyone has no idea what, what they're doing. This is the guy who directed Enter the Dragon? Yeah, sure. I believe you. This guy went on to make a movie that feels like someone found a foreign movie from 10 years ago and went, Oh, cool, all these companies are gone. We can just dub it and release it. We don't have to pay anybody. Sick. So, it does not feel like it's of this country or of this planet. So, here's the thing. You look at a movie like Enter the Dragon, and it's just a great idea. You get a bunch of different fighters with different styles and everything. You put them on an island, and they fight each other. Great idea. They use the same thing in Mortal Kombat, and hey, it works. You use it all the time in a whole bunch of other sort of movies. It's an idea that's proven. In this one, they're like, yeah, but you know what would be even cooler? What if there was an obstacle course? <laughs> Alright, let's see the cool fucking life or death tournament. Alright, so here, <laughs> you face the aggro crag. <laughs> and if you, make, you don't make it to the top first, you better believe you're getting an arrow. So, this is my thing. It's like, okay, then you're going to run through the tires of doom. And then you're going to put your hand inside the live brains. And then you will go to the town of the damned. And then you'll go to the ropes. You're like, wait, 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 wait. What, uh, what about the town of the damned? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> the ropes course. <laughs> yeah, hang on. This motherfucker say a city of cannibals? Is he joking? No, it's fine. And then also the rope course after. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. what really sucks is you can go through all that physical exertion and you just have to fucking stand there while Olmec reads you a story. Like, <laughs> Great. Get on with it. So, here's the thing. We are, I have to admit, we are sort of downplaying the rope course, but we see like three dummies die off this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about like the screaming falls in this one where it's just every single time you see some, some stagehand throw a fucking dummy off a cliff and you hear, ah! It's. <laughs> Like, I can't stress enough that, like, the vibe of this movie is, like, movie that actually couldn't afford to use the Wilhelm scream. Exactly. Yeah, that's actually a great way to describe it. That might actually be the cold open. Because uh, <laughs> there, were, there were multiple times I'm like, okay, this is obviously the Wilhelm scream. Oh, no, they just had, like, an extra go in there. Do a scream. Ah. Uh... Sound like a squatch call. It's actually the end of Blowout. <laughs> exactly. It's <real> fucked up. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> 
So I mean, we should we should actually talk about like the town of cannibals, at least in the way that is contrasted with them running through a cornfield. Dude, we just turned into a fucking hammer horror movie for twenty minutes. So, like, I have more questions about the ropes course, though. Like, is he competing against these people, or are they just like goons that are trying to kill him? Because like he's competing against them. Like we get these guys. It's like, oh man, look out! It's that guy. And then over here, oh no, it's Thorg. He's really hungry and he wants to. We eat. gotta, we gotta talk about Thorg. That guy is enormous. He looks like Bolo from Enter the Dragon. And he, how can he run? How can his legs move? How can his legs support that frame? <laughs> he's not getting off that rope. I'll tell you that right now. Motherfucker's <laughs> <laughs> top heavy. You're done. Yeah. You sent the wrong guy. Now he's dead. He, if he T-poses, that's like three people dead. So... <laughs> Could you imagine you're on the fucking purple pairs and you just get executed backstage? <laughs> this character has the exact same energy as that fat guy on Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> Alright. Alright. We'll just go with that. I'll keep it, I suppose. So, uh... <laughs> Thumb in the middle? So... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... You know, it's a good point about, like, you could be executed by the temple guards because there are a ton of ninjas in this movie. So here's the thing. Like, all the ninjas are, like, are they, like, shooting bows and arrows after they run around? But some of the ninjas are okay. Some of these are NPC ninjas who are just holding flags and telling them, go that way. <laughs> I, like... It almost feels like they they realized they didn't have enough movie and they had to like go back and shoot with extras and the only extras they had were ninja costumes because like the ninjas literally have no purpose in the movie. It's just, there's just like scores of ninjas like riding on horses or like like you said like the referees waving flags around or shooting people while they climb across like cliffs with bows and arrows like, yeah i don't know what's up with that you don't know who to trust oh wait that's a callback remember what the princess was trying to teach you in the first act trust no one i guess that was about the ninjas there it's is either, no betrayal in this movie it's either the ninjas or that guy with the face paint on the back of his head i'm not sure which oh we oh we're gonna get that it we I'll think about him the rest of my <laughs> so life. Too. I guess we have to talk like, about this. They do these obstacle course things, and they just slowly work their way across the rope, and they get to the end, and they just shoot an arrow at him. I don't understand how this game works. Yeah, like oh, you made it. Go to hell. <laughs> so I guess we have to talk about this. Uh, he comes to the town of cannibals. Um, now, up to this point, I guess we didn't mention this, but throughout the movie, he uses gymnastics to beat up ninjas. So anyway, in this scene... Uh, uh, yeah, you don't say. In this scene, there is a guy who attacks him with a sickle, right? And he's coming after him with a sickle, and they're like, ah, my training. And he dodges a sickle. Oh, Chris, why are you bringing this up? Because the guy accidentally... I, I guess this is what they're trying to convey. The guy accidentally grabs a hot pipe... And his hand, because it's it's so hot, his hand sticks to the pipe, and it's like melting there. And so the only way he can get it off is to use the sickle to cut off his own hand. And then he runs away, and I think he just dies. It's like an ambitious idea in a real movie. But in this one, it's just like, alright, just throw it on the pile of things that I don't fucking understand. Now, I have a bad... Right, quickly, pull your hand inside your sleeve and scamper away. Now, I have a bad habit on this podcast of saying, we'll get to that later and never getting to it. But here's one I, I said really early on. I said, Alex, we'll get to Caw. There is an old crone 
up in one of these windows, <laughs> and she reminds me of that uh, old grandmother from the Amish episode of Dexter's Laboratory because she's just, <laughs> she she she's all right. That's a joke only for me. Exactly. Yeah, she's just going. Wah! 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 <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> so, if any of you guys are big fans of Dexter's Laboratory, <laughs> it's just so this anyway, old woman. Our hero, the Detroit Lions, has to run through the bird gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> She's just up there. Oh no, there comes that crafty ninja. <laughs> Looks like they lost again. This hangover will never end. <laughs> Another 900 years of failure, I guess. We're going to trade away Matt Stafford. Okay, so they... I wish uh, Carmen Sandiego gave all our trophies back. <laughs> okay. So this is where we get the backwards man, which is the name that I have christened him with. <laughs> the backwards man senior, who is... he? Our hero comes up to this guy, and he sees a face, and the guy doesn't even react, so he's like, okay. And he just walks away. Turns out that was a backwards face. He turns around and is like, oh, there was a guy there. But that's not the funniest backwards man. We get to the other backwards man. Backwards man the second. Some guy in some sort of, like, tunic, I suppose. And uh, he he signals for our intrepid hero to come into this alleyway. He turns around. <laughs> He's got his budgets exposed. <laughs> it's one of the funniest reveals in movie history. <laughs> this is a real Wee Man bit if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Buck naked. This would be fucking funny I'm gonna pull my nutsack out. <laughs> okay? And then what, strange oh. villager? <laughs> <laughs> well, then we get to I guess it's Chekhov's pommel horse? <laughs> Dude, this thing just being there. It's just there in the center square in case any of the villagers want to get their pommel horse on. And he uses it to do Eddie Gordo moves. <laughs> it fucking owns because, like, I'm just thinking in my head, like, is there going to be a floor exercise sequence? Are we going to get, like, the fucking judges from Dodgeball? It's just, like, four ninjas and Chuck Norris. Just like, all right, you did it. You can go make your wish now. Up, he just does the splits, and all the villagers are too captivated. They just start like <laughs> clapping for him. Oh, it's fundamentals. <laughs> fundamentals. The Detroit Lions could use this. So uh, then, this this is the longest slow motion scene in history. He just starts kicking them. Which, by the way, Parker, if you pick up a PlayStation controller, X circle, X circle, X circle. He he'll just do it like every. Oh, buddy, it's really good. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> it's muscle memory at this point. Uh, this is like something you see in scary movie. Like, isn't it funny how like they're chasing her in slow motion? <laughs> this isn't in a real movie. Also, he doesn't have boobs. Yeah. So, like, why am I watching this? <laughs> That's a great question, Chris. Dude, why are we watching this? <laughs> I saw a trailer at the Alamo. So anyway, yeah, he, I mean, they, we literally have, like, slow motion, but he's running up the steps to a different platform. Why is this in slow motion? Anyway, he defeats the... Will he make it? Oh, he is... Oh, he's saved by his father? 
what the fuck are we doing? It is. This is so weird. And Alex, I'm so glad that you uh, had us watch Never Too Young to Die before this, because I'm like, wow, this is just Never Too Young to Die, but really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> but could you imagine if Gene Simmons was the king of Parmistan? <laughs> like Parker said, there are so many fake dummies that just get ragdolled off from clips. <laughs> Oh my god, he's almost across. <laughs> it just falls, and the camera lingers as it hits those rocks every and single time. And you get a fucking Hannah Barbera sound effect that's just like... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so his dad is not, in fact, dead, and he saves his... Li- and then his dad gets killed. <laughs> he immediately gets hit by an arrow. <laughs> so... Oh my god, son, I've been here all these years, it's been terrible. <laughs> so I, I, I come back to Split for some reason, because, like I said, but for that Anya Taylor-Joy getting molested as a child, she would not have been killed by that uh, serial killer, right? Chris, what's uh, a but for? If it were not for the fact that Anya Taylor-Joy... <laughs> that was the spot you chose to use. <laughs> <laughs> If it were not for the fact that Anya Taylor Joy (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's the same sort of thing though. It's like if it weren't for the fact that she had got molested as a child and split, then uh, she wouldn't have been killed by a, a serial killer or something like that. Same sort of thing here. But for that guy's hug with his father, his father might have survived. You know, he, he the father dies because of his son's hug. He's the kiss of death. Yeah, dude. he is. Everyone around him keeps dying except for the princess <laughs> of Parmistan. Her mom's Indonesian. You know? <laughs> For God, thank you, Jakarta. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is this is really nice. Uh, he saves the day or something. Who could give a shit? And the princess comes by with a horse. He jumps on the horse and she kisses him. And you can see in our hero's eyes, he's like, you know what? She is never going to speak to me as soon as the cameras stop rolling. So he gives her one more quick kiss on the cheek. Uh, Where I was like, oh, come on. And then it superimposes words on the uh, film, which I would like to read off to you. It says, this film is dedicated to the brave Muhajadeen warriors of Parmistan. <laughs> just like the last five minutes of this movie are just like, oh, look, the people are rising up because they love having a king so much. <laughs> <laughs> and he just grants a wish, which again, I, at least this wish is plausible because what if this was a Calypso situation? What if he says, yeah, I wish for eternal life? Double birds. Like, come on. I like this movie is he has his final battle with the bad guy. It does flips for like two minutes and then breaks the guy's neck with his dice. <laughs> Which is really more of a Nina Williams sort of move, but okay. I absolutely rounded it because I was like, surely that didn't just... Parker's like, I've done that, that throw before. Effect. Square triangle X square. I know how to do this. <laughs> okay, I was holding back, but whatever. Okay, <laughs> it's great. It's a back throw. I caught. It's You can't block it. You can't. All right, whatever. Fucking Parmistan Mad Cat's horseshit controllers. <laughs> dropping inputs left and right. Great. 900 fucking years. Whatever. So, 
I guess before we get into the next segment, uh, one of the things that is... No. no, I think this is important to talk about. Uh, it's something that Alex brought up, is there really isn't that much to say about this movie, even in the context of our podcast. And you think, oh, we watch cheesy action movies all the time. Yeah, sure, we do, but there's not a lot of meat on the bone with this movie. No, there's really not. There's a lot of walking through alleys. I feel like I saw the same alley 15 times. Yeah, well, the like, same I felt like field, I was dreaming. The same ropes course. The same everything. And, I mean, honestly, you want a better, like, good, bad movie to watch? Fucking put on Showdown in Little Tokyo. There is so much more material Please. there, right? Like, I watch a lot of weird horror movies. This is the most disorienting thing I've seen in a long time. Exactly, yeah. It constantly felt like I fell asleep and woke up 10 minutes later and, like... Who is... Where are we? Why are they all drinking mead in, like, an old castle? Like, Alex, you said off mic that you didn't have a lot to say about this movie, and I had the exact same thing, and I know we talked about it for a fair amount, but we're making, like... We're making Tim Curry jokes at this point, okay? I mean, we're making jokes about ourselves at this point. There is really not much to say about Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta, I will say, does have some sort of underground reputation as this cheesy, good-bad movie. There are better ones... If you want to watch a really good-bad movie... Shit, look at all the movies that we've talked about on this podcast. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984, that's a borderline good-bad movie. That runtime, uh, though. That's, well, that is what changes That will things. stop me from I ever watching it again. another 20 minutes. Of Wonder Woman 1984? Just, uh, Zach, whenever you get the director's cut, you just let me not know. Not okay? funny. Not, not, <laughs> no. Okay. Alex, I would like you to channel one of your other personalities and lead us into the game of games. Three thirty in the fucking. Oh, it's not within my power. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Alright, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Sick. Alright, let's see what we have for the game of games. I never remember what order to do this shit in. The The teams that had the Dragon Balls this week were uh, Chris's Buccaneers, Parker's yes. 49ers, and Chris's Vikings. So our yes. Dragon Ball counts after 17 weeks are 7, 8, and 8. So, uh... Dab. Yeah. Good work, everybody. Oh, that's, wow, that's everyone has a wish. This is a bit of a Mexican standoff, not racist. Jinkies. Yeah. What if in Split, one of his personalities was black? Do you think he would have done it? <laughs> we know it wouldn't have been the Boston personality. Cut that. <laughs> Alex having to do other personalities immediately linked to my head of like, Alright, board feels racist. <laughs> yeah, you see, I changed his backstory. and uh, I don't know, I had some ideas. I think uh, I think you might want to incorporate this in the script. So here's the thing about this personality. <coughs> It's actually a thousand years old, so it's not pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't like a joke in uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, hey, give them time. <laughs> Honest. They don't have anime in Australia yet. <laughs> oh man, we could be the ones to bring it to them. <laughs> We're Prometheus bringing them fire. <laughs> I truly love the idea of Americans bringing things to other countries right now. <laughs> Man, all your food tastes like shit. I don't taste anything. Here's some gum so to buy. Game games. <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, 
So, Chris, your teams went six and four. My teams went eight and two. What? Okay. Oh, that's, jinkies. that's a lot of wins. That's fourteen of the sixteen wins. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of wins <laughs> left on the board for this guy. <laughs> Do some quick math here. Parker, your garbage teams finally managed to pull off a two and eight. Hong Kong. You somehow managed to lose both NFC East games. Yeah. There's a lot of somehow involved there, let me tell you, dude. So, uh, Parker, have you seen Jupiter Ascending? I sure have. <laughs> have you seen the Dukes of Hazard movie with Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott? Ugh. Better off signing that to me. No, you'll enjoy it. Oh yeah, good point. No, no, I, no he, no, I, I would, I would. Yeah. Oh, no, correct. <laughs> Damn it, you'll like it. He's southern. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, uh, culture. I'm sure. Uh, I don't like people marketing my culture back. <laughs> I really, really want to hear. Oh, the cars. I want to hear about Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott doing the voice. <laughs> Jessica Simpson, remember yeah. her. I'm switching my personality that has strong opinions about that car getting canceled. <laughs> Hello, it's still me. Can you imagine, like, Hedwig from Split talking about that, like, flag? You know, actually, you know, my dad says oh, it's Hedwig like, would totally be fine. red pill, dude. My dad says it's like, Hedwig it's, on Reddit. It's, it, it's about cool. states' rights. Everyone knows it's about states' rights. I don't know why people get so apoplectic about it. Oh, my God. I don't hear him say SJW. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dude, you're losing the light. <laughs> Shut up. Forgot about the light. Thank you for paying more attention to that movie than I did. All right. Uh, no. Oh, God. Oh, cool. Fucking. All right. Who wants to roll for their butt coin mining rig first? Me. Well, let me do this. Odds or evens, Chris? I'm going to go odds. That's a nine. You're good. Yeah, good, good job. Buddy. Fuck yeah. Right. <laughs> it's the <Parker>. little wins. <laughs> Parker, odds or evens? Stay evens. It's only worked. That <laughs> is also a nine. <laughs> what are the odds? Chris, do you have anything for Parker? Oh, do I? Uh, actually, I, I got a good one here. Well, hopefully a good one. Um... Parker, you said you liked Muppet Christmas Carol. Time for you to rewatch Muppet Treasure Island. Alright. That's reasonable. And again, it's, it's cute, so watch it with the little lady. <laughs> she fucking hates Muppets. What? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'd learned that the hard way. Wait, how do you hate Muppets? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Good question. Do not watch the Happy Time Murders with her. Do not come to a satisfactory answer. Wow, that is... I was like, whatever, we're watching. You found, like, the one person in the world who doesn't like the Muppets. Wow. Buddy, I am over two somehow in, like, the last I episode. am shocked. I, I don't understand. It's the Muppets. They're, like, the most universally appear... Okay, whatever. I, uh, this is somebody that loves hating things. Preaching in the choir. That is astonishing. Okay, if she ever joins the podcast, she's getting assigned the Happy Time Murders. But I'd live here. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Man, not. It would suck if the Happy Time Murders were on Hunter Biden's laptop. Right, yeah. Oh, that would, in fact, really yes. suck shit. Well, bad news, buddy. <laughs> what the 
fuck. No, I'm kidding. I lost. <laughs> when are you guys going to sign me something? <laughs> uh, Parker, do you have something? Because I have something. Well, if you already have it, you uh, This it. is also, I assume, a good one. I've heard very good things about this. Alex, I would like you to watch The Outpost. The Outpost. Okay. Didn't I already assign this to somebody? No, I don't think so. The Jake Tapper movie? Wait, this is this not the one with Orlando Bloom? It it does have Orlando Bloom. I Parker. Did I definitely you watch the made Parker watch this. You watched the Outpost, Parker? No. Did I not? Oh. Oh, whatever. Um, I guess not. I mean, you probably sent it to me on Discord. Yeah, and Parker's just like, it. yeah, I'll get around to that jerk off motion. Man, speaking of things that I sent you on Discord, buddy. Did you forget? <clears throat> I did. Don't worry. I ran out of time this morning. Don't you worry. It's written down on a piece of paper on my desk. All right. The Outpost. Got it. Boy, do I love modern war movies. I heard this one's really good, so I'll let you be the judge. I haven't seen okay. it yet. All right. Now for our community teams. You guys can hear oh. this sound, so you Thank know what a... Uh, We've got going here. You guys want to roll for the dolphins or the lions first? Lions, my champs. All right. Okay. So, uh, so as we're wandering through, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I'd like to take the rope course, crawl my way out of this. I don't. I don't feel like doing voice. I'm tired. Um, we end up at a garbage dump. <laughs> and there's like a there's like a kooky old man there. He's like, yeah, you can find the treasures of the past in the garbage dump. So, uh, if you guys would like, we can start uh, digging for some some end of season treasures here. Ooh. All right, I'll let's dig for these end of the season treasures with the mysterious garbage man. All right, Chris, you dig around through the landfill piles, you hunt far and wide, and you end up find you come away with a syringe, and you can use the syringe to bring your weed rat back to life. I, I, I elect to utilize this item now. All right, the weed rat is now alive. Congratulations. If only there were Thank another you. week left. <laughs> Dude, congrats. But the, the playoffs, I could... Can yeah, use them possibly. The... We'll see. Okay. Uh, All right. I'm. I'm. Weed rat. I thought you already brought him back. No, to I didn't find a pet cemetery. So. All right. Good news. Oh, my apologies. No one can find the incriminating evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop, so it is now just a regular <laughs> laptop. Weird how that happened right now. <laughs> and uh, for Parker. Hey, congrats, buddy. This says pyramid immunity. Oh, I like the sound what? of that. Okay. No one can ever send Parker to another pyramid during this season. <laughs> oh, and sorry we lost all our listeners on the Game of Games. <laughs> <laughs> and we have one other space to roll for, which is... Parker went to a, to a Globosphere. <laughs> <laughs> the Biodome approaches. Alright, so you guys remember how the Kevin James space worked, right? <sighs> God, God damn it. <laughs> Can I get can Kevin James? Ever forget instead? about Kevin James? You okay, sure what? can, but see, this one has a twist. 
is about another actor that is well known for his physical features. And by that I of course mean John Travolta. Ooh, alright, that's spicy. Okay, so Chris, have you ever seen Lucky Numbers? I have not. Alright, you will be watching Lucky Numbers, a movie where apparently John Travolta plays a TV weatherman and also Michael Moore's in it. Oh my god, <laughs> fucking damn. That was a real one-two. <laughs> Jesus. Parker, you will be watching Trading Paint, which is apparently a movie where John Travolta oh, is a race car driver, question mark? And also Michael Madsen's in it, so... And I will be oh, watching sick. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no, I will be watching Battlefield Earth. Oh, really? Yes. Fair. Let me know if that's a future episode, because uh, we'll do. Heard some things about it. <laughs> Big old nine on IMDb. <laughs> that's that's good, right? Uh, let's find out. It's only fair that sometimes you crank yourself. All right, as uh, as anyone who actually follows the stupid sport would know, we're heading into the playoffs. So I would like to introduce the playoff game of games. <laughs> oh, no. Now, you guys remember what we did for the regular season where we drafted teams? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so we are going to be doing the same thing for the playoffs. It'll be a little bit different after this part, but... uh. Go ahead and uh, find yourself a list of the 14 playoff teams. And we will be going in random.org order. Give me one second. Who made the playoffs NFL? Huh. Do they have an NFL.com playoff picture? All right. Uh, you're, the football team made the playoffs. Come, Come on. on. Alright, so, uh, I have done the random.org ordering, and in our snake draft, I will be going first, Parker will be going second, and Chris will be going third. Okay. And we will, we will pick 12 total teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I will go first, and I will take the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Gotta, gotta spice it up, dude. Spicy. Parker, you can have any team but the Bills. Uh, Well, I will take... I'm going to take my birds, my Seahawks. Also going to make it spicy. Alright, Chris, you get two selections. Yeah, um, I'm looking on this, and I think there's there's something wrong with the page that Detroit Lions aren't listed. Uh, It's weird. I think they have a buy into the Super Bowl. Okay, alright. And then in that case, since I can't take them, I will go with... My Tampa Bay Buccaneers and um, Cleveland Browns. It's their year. Cleveland Browns. Why did I type that all out instead of just Browns? Okay. Parker, you're up. Hmm. You know. I will take my other birds, my Ravens. (laughs) Okay. I will take. Hmm. Who do I want? I will take the Packers, and I will take the Fighting Taysom Hills. It's <laughs> yeah, a strong choice. You are up. Somehow we are at pick eight, and no one has taken the Chiefs. 
<laughs> I was about to. I forgot they were in the playoffs. Because the page I was on didn't have anyone on their buys. I was like, wait a second, yeah. I'm missing someone. I'm All taking right. Chiefs now. Chris, two teams. I wanted to get a couple memes in there I'll take first. the I'll take the Tennessee Mike Rabels. Okay. And uh, are the Packers available? I've already taken the Packers. Oh, my bad. Um, boy, kind of slim pickings here. I can list your options. Yeah, go ahead. You have the Rams, the football Ugh. team, the Cats Ugh. of the Forest, the Colts, Ugh. and the Steelers. I'll go with the Steelers. How the hell did the Colts make the playoffs? Well, it's not funny if you pick all good teams, so go ahead and give me that Washington football team, football please. Team. <laughs> Let's fucking get in there, boys. I will take my Cats of the Forest. Okay, so how this is going to work... You, there's no punishment for any of your teams losing, first and foremost. But every time that one of your team wins, each one win that you accrue is one movie that you get to assign somebody else. Oh, man, I almost picked the Rams just to have the Rams in the hot <laughs> Funny shit. <laughs> Should have done it. You, you heard it. Rams and I thought Ram Ranch. Okay, I, I get it. Now here's the thing. If either of the two Cowboys. unselected teams, if either of them manages to win a game, or multiple games, then each time they win, all of us get assigned something punishing. Oh, boy. Oh, what, what are the two unassigned teams again? It is the Rams and the Colts. It's great job, everyone, <laughs> not picking the 11-5 and five team. That's... <laughs> At least I have my Bears. <laughs> exactly. Damn it! <clears throat> yeah, I, who after... would want an eleven to five team? Uh, say that again. Nothing. I... <laughs> Me being a sourpuss that you guys went with the Washington football team and the Chicago <clears throat> Bears over a team that went eleven and five. <laughs> I love memes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> dude. I took the Bills first. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm here for all of us to get yeah. cranked because no one's... Yeah, well, exactly. to be fair, this, I mean, I know how this works. Cranks are expected. Chris, you took the Browns. I don't want to hear it. It is their year. <laughs> Alright, so I guess everybody's going to be rooting for the, uh, the Rams and Colts this weekend. You better believe it. <laughs> Tune in next time to see what happens on the Game of Games. And boys, keep those wishes in mind. Oh, trust uh, me. I'm developing something. <laughs> is, are you almost done with Dragon Ball? Dude, it is. <laughs> fucking endless, man. So, let's, uh... What, what are we doing next week? What are we, is Monster Hunter up yet? What are we doing? I check every it's, fucking day, yeah, I keep waiting here. Um, Does anyone have any good ideas? Not really. Parker, the ones I have near the top are the substitute, and then double oh, impact that substitute Dan plays himself. Substitute, twice. let's do that. All right, dude. And that's the T, sis.